Monumental Sports and Entertainment along with Pressbox presents Stan the Fan's Bat Around. For the next two hours, listen in as Stan the Fan bats around all manner of topics pertaining to the great game of baseball with their great group of guest contributors. Feel free to tweet your questions to Stan at Stan the Fan. Now sit back and enjoy the Bat Around. Stan, take it away. And a very pleasant good morning to each and every one of you on this uh, Saturday, the 7th of December, 2019. We're speeding towards the uh, holiday season. It is uh, some nine days past Thanksgiving. So you're in the holiday season. We're right in the the heart of the heart of the holiday season. How are you, Craig Heist? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Mr. Kyle Ottenheimer? Oppenheimer? Uh, can't complain. I mean, it's a little chilly, but other than that, you know, I'm alive. That's good, right? That's a beatsy alternative. <laughs> beatsy alternative. For the next two hours, for those of you who are alive, we are on Facebook Live. How did you see what I did ah, there? What a great transition, yeah. That's why I'm the broadcaster I am, and you guys... Are the broadcasters you are. Right. Uh, we would never do anything <laughs> right. Now. Exactly. Stan the Fan, Craig Heist, and Kyle Ottenheimer. Uh, three-way. It is Ottenheimer. Why did all of a sudden I do that? The You're older I get. No, I'm questioning. I called you Oppenheimer. No, I think you said originally. You said I said Ottenheimer. Then I thought I was wrong. No, no, no. no. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's more, why he's the broadcast professional <laughs> exactly. that he is. There's more Oppenheimers out there, but the Ottenheimers, we're, we're more special. Yes, much more special. Yeah. Much more ah. special. I used to play fantasy baseball with his father. And then they had to kick him out because he was And so your father dominant. hates him now, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. no, his father had the good sense to save about... <laughs> $20,000 over the last 20 years. That's exactly anyway, right. we will be talking some uh, baseball for the next two hours. we got a really uh, entertaining show. We're going to start off with the former 98 Rock Morning host, Mickey Cucciella, who now does the unofficial Blast podca- webcast, um, and that's uh, we'll talk to him a little bit about that. Uh, he also does the entertainment at the Blast games over at CQ Arena, and they play tonight at 6.05, the Blast have been good to us, and the Blast are good for this community, and they could use your attendance tonight. At 6.05, they play the Orlando Wave. Uh, Steve Molesky will be joining us from MassInSports.com right around 10.25. He will not be at the winter baseball meetings this year. He says he's going to enjoy the nothingness on his couch. Um, and on his computer, and because his I'm computer, sure he'll be yeah, working he'll, like a fiend regardless. Right, right. People will think he was out there. Yeah, right. Bill Latson will join us from MLB.com. And I want to ask Bill and Steve this question, Craig, and I pose it to both of you before we sure. get Mickey on the show. Look at all the bevy of activity that's going on right now in baseball. You know, from the Yasmani Grandal signing, the Zach Wheeler signing, Cole Hamels, three or four others the Bundy trade, these other deals that are going on. And then they're all within like 10 days of the winter baseball meetings. Then everybody's going to spend a fortune to go out there. And, you know, perhaps we'll finally get an exciting winter baseball meetings. But I think 
that we're going to sit there mostly twiddling our thumbs well, and watching as, nothing as, happen. As long as Strasburg is out there and Rendon, and Rendon is, is out, out there, there right. and some of the other high, Mad, high end Mad Bum, and, Mad Bum, and some of these guys. Uh, you know, and if nothing, Cole, if, yeah. if nothing happens over the next four or five days, then you're into that period between. So, so my question is, I'm not to cut your answer short, I know, I know what's going on. The question is, should MLB consider doing something, maybe moving the winter meetings and call them the just the off-season meetings or the, the hot stove kickoff meetings, move them about 10 days before Thanksgiving, or prohibit signings and any business in November. Your thoughts on that, guys? No, I, I think it should stay the same. That's just my personal feeling on it. Uh, if it gets done, it gets done. If it doesn't, you, you, you know, you never know what the free agent market is going to look like. I mean, we know the players. We know uh, what's happened in the past few years. I, I don't have any problem with staying staying the way it is right now. Kyle? I think ultimately it's – it brings to light what is a larger issue for the players' union, right? Yes. So, like, they probably would prefer it to go like this and have it be such a public yeah. delay and sort of this slow, slow drag to the finish line where you have the top guys signing in, like, February. Because but, the, but the NBA and the NFL have these deadlines that something starts, sure. and it, it artificially, if you want to say it, causes an immediacy to their market that I think does a lot better better PR wise than the drips and drabs and and watching I, I mean boy I've gone to five or six winter baseball meetings and I know I was at the one where Barry Bonds signed with the Giants mm-hmm. I was at the one where Al Harrison who was the general manager of the Mets acquired Brett Saberhagen and uh, was it Bobby Bonilla that he acquired at that uh, winter you know I, I've been at some that have been really gangbusters but I'd say Four of the six that I've been at have been sitting around like nothing's happening. I would say at least this year it feels like it's not the this isn't this isn't J D Martinez only getting a hundred million dollars. Right. It sounds like Garrett Cole like is gonna, gonna break be, the bank. Yes. Like it's gonna be the richest contract for a pitcher in probably in major league history. history. Sure. Um so it's not as if the I, there doesn't seem to be as much of the looming paranoia or fear that the players aren't going to be getting paid what they deserve all i'm asking for is some action this coming you know this coming week while everybody's out there and while the world is is, has its attention on major league baseball and it seems like what they'll get their attention on is a lot of false starts and waiting for the couple best players to sign before other teams make their decisions i you know (laughs) It's really hard to, to channel it for me. I yeah. mean, I've, I've covered many winter meetings. You're out there, and, you're, and you know that before the winter meetings is the GM meetings, which kind of sets. It's about a month before. It's right. about a month before, but it kind of sets the table and the tone for what might happen at the winter meetings. And then after that, uh, you, you know, it's the rest of the off season when anything can happen. Yeah. So, I mean, just because it doesn't get done in those four days, I don't think it's the end-all, be-all. Yeah. All right. I just uh, – I find it – I find it – and I'll be interested to talk to Steve and Bill Latson about that. Um, Jim Henneman's going to join us at 11.05. And, Craig, you were able to get us Kevin McAlpin from the Braves Radio Network. Right. Good timing 
I hadn't even thought of this idea. I wanted just to, to get the guy who's had the team that's been most active, and the Braves have signed, what, Will Smith, Cole Hamels. And that's a big deal for their road, not only for their rotation, but their just, bullpen. Yep. And their bullpen was shaky last year. And they've re-signed Chris Martin, <laughs> Darren O'Day, and Nick Markakis. Right. They've been the most active team. They also signed Travis Darno. Um, who I confuse Sam Darno with, uh, but uh, Travis Darno they signed to a two-year, sixteen million dollar contract. But then all of a sudden, the Orioles announced like on Thursday that they've hired former Braves ma- uh, manager and uh, a former manager of the Marlins and a coach with the Marlins, Freddie Gonzalez. Yeah, is going to be more or less, I think, uh, Brandon Hyde's. Bench coach. Bench coach or, you know, to serve in the capacity maybe. That quality he, control. Quality control, but he, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a base coach either. Yeah. You know. And he's a solid a, baseball he's guy. He's a solid baseball and guy. you said he's a great guy. And a real good guy to talk to. I love when he comes to Natch Park and they come well, to the he uses a lot of cuss words. Well, no, no, no. With the Marlins and with the Braves before that. Right. Uh, just a great guy to sit down and talk baseball to. Is he yeah. generally Considered to be, look, a lot of coaches, players, managers, or whatever. Is he a developmental guy? Uh, yes, because he worked uh, with the Braves, and when the Braves were really developing young young guys, yeah. yeah. And uh, that's something else we could talk yeah. to Kevin about. Yeah. Uh, because Kevin spent a lot of time uh, around uh, around Freddie. Uh, I just think it's uh, I, I just think it's a pretty good move for the Orioles. I think it's a great move for the Orioles. I think they're look. You remember, I think it was, what, about November 14th last year that Mike Elias was mm-hmm. hired, and then Brandon Hyde was hired after the winter baseball meetings, correct? That's So, true. obviously, they were a little bit late getting to the to the dance, you know, with, um, you know, with uh, their coaching staff, and they put together a reasonable staff, and clearly uh, they weren't, uh, you know, so enamored of uh, Arnie Byler and uh, who had, and uh, the assistant hitting coach. So we've, they've added a couple people here, and we'll talk to Kevin McAlpin about one of them being Freddie Gonzalez. Yep. Uh, and I'm sure that Freddie has been with them for a while. Uh, you know, I mean, while Kevin's been covering yeah, the Braves. Yeah, absolutely. All yeah. right. Joining us right now is an old friend of mine and uh, – at one time, the morning host on 98 Rock, and he's also been a comedian of some standing in this area for 25-plus years. Mickey Cucciella joins us right now. Mickey, how are you? Hey, Stan. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Say hi to Craig Heist. Hey, Mickey. How hey, are Craig. you? Craig. What's going on? No, living the dream, buddy. I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we do anything else, and we told you we'd have you on periodically as often as you can do this, on Saturday mornings for a few minutes. Uh, the Blasts have a, a home game, their second home game of the year this year, at CQ Arena, which is really a nice venue to watch a soccer game at. What time's the game? 6.05. All right, and they're playing the Orlando... Seawolves. Seawolves. I called them the Orlando Wave before. I don't know why I did that, because Milwaukee... Close enough. It's got a, it's got a W in it's it. It's got a W anyway. Uh, what do we know about the Orlando Seawolves, other than that they're going to come here hell-bent on uh, taking down the blast? Yeah, I mean, you know, they uh, they have a, a lot of players from a lot of different teams around the league. They uh, the, the, the original schedule had us playing uh, Mississauga, Canadian team, who really fell apart at the beginning of the year. It's actually a sad story. Uh, and now we're uh, Orlando was able to fill in 
come in and 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 uh, fill that gap. Uh, and, so this, you know, the Blast are always is, looking forward to playing them. Did the team in Canada, Mississauga, uh, up in Ottawa, did they go out of business? It seems that way. There's okay. still some talk that ah. something could happen, but I don't think so. All right. Okay. Well, that's too bad, but it's good that they're able to to meet the schedule that they have by offering a home game to the fans. Uh, your thoughts on the early going, the Blaster one and one uh, through the first two games. Yeah, I mean, it, it, both games against uh, Utica, probably the toughest team for us in the league. Uh, it's turning out to be quite a rivalry. And I thought the home game was incredible. At one point, uh, the first game, we trailed. We battled back, and uh, it was incredible to watch. Uh, the team really came together, played great. I did not see the uh, second game in Utica, but from what I heard, another just really tough battle, grinding it out. And, uh, you know, both teams love playing each other because it is it is a rivalry. It's, it's like a sort of on the Steelers-Ravens kind of level. There's some guys that aren't huge fans of each other out there, and uh, you can see it. Mickey, I got a question for you. I'm a, I'm a guy that's not the biggest soccer guy in the world, but... Well, then I'm going to hang up. Well, no, no, I'm no, no, no. but I, I will say this. Uh, the indoor game intrigues me because of how fast. how fast it is, the way the point system is, that kind of thing. And uh, that, that, that to me is something that, you know, I think a lot of fans can get into because of what we always have in, in the sports world nowadays. It's kind of that instant gratification type thing. Uh, and I, I think indoor soccer brings a lot of that. Well, it absolutely does. And, and I do respect your, your, what you're saying about soccer. And I understand that soccer is not for everyone. I was fortunate enough growing up in East Baltimore to be exposed to it at a young age and loved it. And uh, there's a lot of drama and and intrigue that goes into the outdoor game but the indoor game you're right it's 10 times faster it is a satisfying competition to watch and if you're into competition and you're into watching people compete at, the, at a high level it, it is a, a, an electric game it's like playoff hockey every single yeah. game and it's intense and these guys are serious there's players from all over the world and they're passionate about it so the, and that does translate to the fans and I've taken my cousin, who was a diehard baseball, football, American fan. Yep. Couldn't stand soccer. Now he absolutely loves the game. Question. And you go back as a soccer fan, as I found out, because your your, your passion for soccer is what fuels this latest gig you're doing with the Blast, and we'll get into that in a minute. But if I'm comparing back to Joey Fink, uh, Paul Kali, uh, and uh, Stan Stamenkovich, Joey Fink, uh, what what is the level of play I'm seeing today compared to those guys twenty plus years, thirty years ago? That's an interesting question, Stan. I think it's the same as you ever. If you try to compare any eras in the same sport, you know, it's like, do you compare, you know, Elway and Unitas? Do you compare, you know, Babe Ruth and whoever? Uh, it, it to me, the the earlier games had a little more of a skill. Uh, slower approach. Yep. Um, not that these guys don't have a ton of skill, but it was more fundamental soccer. Where now you're seeing the influence of the Brazilian futsal game, that's just incredibly fast. You see a lot of it's it's a lot quicker in its passing. Players used to hold. Joey Fink was a master of holding the ball. Yep. Mike Stamankovic was a master of posting up, holding the ball. 
Um, but you're and, right, you and, know, Mickey, not to interrupt you, but uh, yeah. but but now they've got the benefit of the 30-plus years, 35 years absolutely. of knowing the indoor game and using the angles. Uh, so it's evolved, I guess, is what you're saying. Absolutely it has. And it's also because, it's also because the, the game itself, uh, soccer itself, it really has exploded in America in the last 30 years. And you, the level of talent that you see now from American players is much greater. So they're able to adapt to the indoor game much quicker than they used to. We're talking with Mickey Cucciella, Mickey, former radio personality in town, now doing some uh, in-game blast entertainment. He's kind of like the MC of the games and also doing a webcast that we'll talk about in a minute. Mickey, you you think on your feet pretty quick as a morning guy and as a comedian. Uh, is it is a little bit of that that you use uh, during the games so far? I know you're getting your, your thing, your act down, how you like to do this, but what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm a I'm a guy that's just been able to figure out how to say things that make people laugh and how to entertain people. And, uh, you know, the game's incredibly entertaining, and, and I just want to try to put that out to the fans. So, yeah, as I'm walking through and I have a microphone in my hand, if I see something fun or I think I can make funny, we're going to do that. And uh, that's what's been a blast for me, no pun intended, is uh, <laughs> the, the new challenge is, is actually very interesting in that way. Oh. Plus, I have to be very G-rated, which is a good <laughs> challenge for me. And that's, I, that's, a I enjoy that for, well. that's a challenge for all of us, Mickey. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. It's a challenge for Jerry Jones, apparently. Did, yeah. you hear about, oh. did you hear about his interview the other day? Where he used the bullshit word, the yeah, and, yeah, I, and, I, and the yeah. radio station had to cut him cut off, him off eventually. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, I think I think we may all live to one day see where that doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah. They're just going to let people say whatever they want that's eventually. Right. That's right. We're talking with Mickey Cucciello. Mickey, tell us a little bit about. I know it's your baby. You've started this unofficial blast webcast. Uh, tell us who's been on so far. Where people can find it. Uh, and then we'll wrap up by uh, summarizing the game tonight. But go ahead. Sure. Uh, we've had Keith Mills. We've had Ed Hale, the owner of the Blast. We've had uh, Marty Bass from uh, the, the legendary TV personality here in town. Uh, this coming week we'll be talking to uh, head coach Danny Kelly and assistant coach David Bascombe. And I'll tell you, we are really uh, – we enjoy it because it's it, we let these guys – talk about their passions as and and try to make fun of uh the seriousness of all of this sometimes and it's just been a really fun thing you can watch it it's like a talking head show uh on youtube or facebook so we're really enjoying it i got an idea by the way there's a sub shop in canton square called john's and the guys uh-huh. there and this is the blast used to hang they used to have their lunches there when they were at Du Burns Arena years ago. And the guy okay. who owns John's is an unbelievable soccer guy. Uh, I, it would be really be an entertaining guy. He, he knows, um, what's the coach at UMBC? Um, uh, he knows Pete really well. He knows the yeah. soccer world. It would really be an entertaining uh, thing uh, to do. Well, I'm writing that down as we speak. All right, I'll I'll remind you of it, and I got to remember his. He's got like a nickname that everybody like Bobbles or something. I, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't Everybody's remember. got a nickname. Everybody's got a nickname. All right. Yeah. Um, and where can people access the Blast podcast webcast? You just go to uh, unofficial Blast webcast on YouTube, or uh, you can go to the um, 
Baltimore Blast Facebook page, and it's posted on there as well. All right. Mickey, the game tonight is 6.05. What time, I mean, if people get there quarter of, is that a good time, or should they get there at 5.30 and uh, uh, soak well, you know, in the got, atmosphere? We're, we're doing some different things now with the intro. we got a drum we're banging. we got uh we got music going. It's it, You can see the players warming up. I, I always tell people, get there a half hour, 40 minutes early. See the whole thing, the parade of champions with the kids. Yeah, It's a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say 530 is a great time to be in the arena. All right. And uh, a lot of good food there. They they really do have the upgrade and the concessions there. Uh, it's a good time and a great family atmosphere. Absolutely, Stan. All right, Mickey, thanks for coming on again. We'll talk to you in the next week or two. All right? Sounds great. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, Mickey. All right. There you go, Mickey Cucciella, uh, Baltimore Blast uh, MC at the at the games and also uh, the host of the unofficial uh, Blast webcast. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things, that, the reason I asked Mickey that question that I did was because in the early days of the Indoor Soccer League, after a couple of years, they were trying to figure out ways to enhance the sport, get more people, uh, you know, to, to be uh, a fan of the game. Yep. And uh, that's where a lot of those scoring changes and, and, and you know, point system kind of came into effect. And uh, I think it did wonders for the game. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I, I used to be a huge indoor soccer fan when, you know, I first got on the radio We'd lost the Colts. And yeah. by like 84, Harry Shriver listened to me, and I said, hey, I could do sort of what Rex Barney did on the Rex Barney show after Oriole games, you know, at the hit-and-run club. I could do it at the Baltimore Arena. Right. And he thought about it. They got a couple sponsors, and for about four years, I did a show right outside the, the Blast locker room. Got Kenny Cooper on, the players on. It was a lot of fun. And those games were some of the most exciting indoor sports games. Stan Stamenkovich, I put him up there with Earl Monroe as the most exciting Baltimore indoor sports player I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. He was absolutely incredible. Of course, he's uh, passed away now, Stan Stamenkovich. But uh, some glory days of the blast, and Ed Hale has kept that thing alive and uh, is doing some good things with it. So we wish them well, and we wish Mickey well with his endeavors with the Baltimore Blast. Steve Molesky is going to join us in just a minute. Before we call him in about two or three minutes, Craig, uh, an update on the two teams down the road. You know, we're partnered with Monumental Sports with our website. So right. how are the Wizards doing? I know last night they played Miami pretty tough. Pretty tough. So about the about 10-minute mark of the fourth quarter. And again, uh, with the Wizards, it's a kind of a work in progress uh, right now. Uh, for them because they've got some injuries. Thomas Bryant, to me, being the biggest one because he's be out for about three weeks or be reevaluated in three weeks. He's got a hairline fracture in his foot. Uh, but it's given, uh, you know, Yuri Hachimura. Uh, he's a fun player he's a to fun watch. fun player to watch. Bradley Beal, uh, I, I think they're getting some pretty good minutes right now out of Ish Smith. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more. Uh, from a from from a defensive standpoint, because that's really where this yeah. team is lacking. Yeah, mostly is because they can score stand with just about anybody, and uh, the numbers certainly bear that out. But defensively, 
uh, when you're giving up more than you're scoring and you're scoring at a real good rate, right. that's it's, an issue in this league. All right. Now, the other team, uh, the Washington Capitals, exactly the opposite. Yeah. They are in the midst of what looks like a, a real run at another cup. Well, it could very well be. You never know when the playoffs get here, and, you know, and who you get matched up against and how the puck drops and how it bounces. But uh, we, we certainly saw that. In the years that they were very good and, and won President's Trophies, and then we saw that again uh, display itself when they went all the way and won the Cup. Uh, you have to be good. You also have to be lucky. Right now, this is a very good hockey team. This is a, a fundamentally sound hockey team. Uh, seems like the, the issues with the third period where they were kind of giving up leads earlier in the year, They've straightened that out, but they just came off a road trip where they won last night you know, against they, they the Ducks. Beat, they beat the Canucks here on that Friday. Right. Then had a back-to-back in Detroit. Won that game five to two against the Red Wings, and then went out to San Jose, uh, L.A., and Anaheim, and and swept, uh, and swept everybody. So yeah. uh, what a road trip! And then they're going to come back home. Uh, this coming week, and uh, we'll see if the roll continues. I saw Paulson last night. I, I just happened to miss it when I turned when the basketball game ended. The mm-hmm. uh, Wizards lost to Miami in Miami. Uh, but the uh, blast, I mean the the blast, the Caps coaching staff right. picked up something, asked for a video review on the on the Ducks' first goal that would have made it Caps two, Ducks one. And the goal got overthrown on a offsides penalty. Right, overturned. And you know what? It was interesting. T.J. Oshie uh, was a part of a play a couple of weeks ago at at uh, Capital One Arena, and where in overtime on three on three play, it looked as though uh, the Capitals had scored the game winning goal, but the the Caps wound up getting a. Uh, 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 a situation in the video replay where they saw that Oshi, when he before he threw the pass, was just off sides, and they disallowed the goal. And that was a game that the Caps wound up losing. All so. right. Want to remind you that the bat around is presented by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. And want to also mention that Live Casino Hotel's new venue, The Hall Live, opens with a preview event Thursday, December 26th, featuring two great bands, Kristen and the Noise and Lost in Paris, and then another great free event to celebrate the new venue as Charm City Devils headline The Hall live on Sunday, December 29th. Tickets are free, but you need to claim yours now by going to Live Casino Hotel. Dot com. You're listening to the Bat Around from the Live Casino Hotel Studios, and joining us right now is Masson's Man of Leisure this week, and that is that means he's only going to write about twenty thousand words from home rather than San Diego. Joining us now is Steve Molesky. Steve, how are you, buddy? Man, I didn't hear Ice mention the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, yeah, well, I'm sorry, Steve, but, you know, once we well, didn't play them, did we? One, one, well, no, but they made a trade with the Knights, and they sent Chandler Stevenson, who was a big part of the Caps' playoff run, right. to the Cup. Uh, they sent him out to to Vegas, and what, what does Chandler Stevenson do? The first game winds up getting a very important goal for the Golden Knights in their game uh, he, uh, well, they were here. Man, you put on that Vegas jersey and you just rise your level of play, buddy. Is that what it is? Do you have That's a, what it is. Ev- have- evidently, that didn't happen in the Stanley Cup playoffs. <laughs> well, I don't remember how that all worked out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Do you own a, a, a Las Vegas Golden Knights uh, jersey? I own a hat. Okay. I haven't plunged to her jersey yet. All Maybe right. when I go out there very soon on vacation, I might have to add one. All mm-hmm. right. Sounds good. Stevie, first of all, are you are you happy that you're not going out to San Diego for the winter meetings, or would you rather be in the <laughs> would you happy, rather I'm be in the thick, yes. of, thick of nothingness? Am I happy? I I don't know how to answer that one. I'm right. just I'm, I will be watching on the couch, happily watching uh, MLB Network, and I'll be on Masson for a couple shows next week. So I'm looking forward to well, it. And you can't even argue about the weather because you, you, even if it's 72 degrees year round, like it is in San Diego, you wouldn't be able to get outside to enjoy it anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> Last time the winter meetings were there, yeah, uh, we did not. Which if I were going this time, I would. I would make sure to leave the hotel. I mean, there's just too, San Diego is just too nice. You know, I went to the first, I think it was the second winter meetings I ever attended were 1985 out in San Diego. And they were at, I forget what hotel they were at, but it wasn't a gigantic place. But all, everybody, I remember we were all outside in the morning, like outside the, outside the pool but it was about 40 degrees out there, and all of a sudden, we're all to all the scouts and the GMs were all talking. Richard Justice was there, and for the Orioles, you know, covering the Orioles, and it starts snowing for you know about a half hour. There was flakes coming down in San Diego. How about that, uh, um, Steve? I wanted to pose you the same question I posed to uh, Kyle Ottenheimer, who's our producer today, and Craig Heist. Would you be in favor or think it would be wise of MLB to change the sort of either one of two rules regarding the winter baseball meetings, either move them up about 10 days before Thanksgiving or just simply sort of say we're, we're not having any business of player acquisitions, free agents in the month of November and set up the winter baseball meetings for like a nonstop smorgasbord of action because too often everybody goes out there they send reporters out there the industry spends a lot of money covering these things and there's nothing that happens i i no i, I like it the way you it like is it the i don't way think it they is. need to change a thing and I, uh, I think this year will be really busy last year was not but it was to me it was an outlier most years the winter meetings have a lot going on and most years involving the orioles it hasn't i mean i don't remember a big deal they made there last since the J.J. Hardy trade, um, but I, I don't think, um, I think around the industry, nationally, right. there's always some big stuff going on this year, and this year might be a bombshell, I mean, with Garrett Cole and all kinds of things going on, so I I think that the this winter meetings look busy, to me, it's it's picked up, there's been more action in, in baseball you know, leading into it than last year, and it was really quiet last year. But yeah. to me, that was the uh, exception, not the rule. All right. We're talking with Steve Molesky from MassInSports.com. Well, Steve, let me ask you this. In the in the last week, uh, we've seen the trade of uh, Jonathan VR, and we've also seen the uh, trade of uh, Dylan Bundy. Now, with what the Orioles got back from the Angels for Bundy, uh, one of those players – uh, is is one of their top 30 prospects. But I don't think this is, and I know you're doing your blogs and things of that nature, but, uh, you know, this is something that the fans have not really taken too well to over the last uh, week here. What what has been your general general reaction to the fans' reaction? 
I mean, I I think some fa- some fans overreacted on VR, and I and I think, um, you know, I think it came down to, and I think most of MLB agreed with the Orioles by not claiming him on waivers. Is that ten million <clears throat> was too much? I mean, VR had a great year, and he's going to earn the millions uh, he'll get, um, and you know, the best year of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but the two years before that were very mediocre. So I mean. You could go back three seasons and say most of the time he's played, he hasn't played to that level. And last year he didn't play that level till the second half. But, again, I'm not taking it away from him. He was great, fun to watch, and all of the above. And they still lost 108 games with him having the year of his life. So I think Elias looked at that and said he has only one year of team control. It's $10 million. We're probably not going to get – he's probably not going to be here when we're winning again. And we could look at someone else for a lot less money and do something else with those dollars. So, um, you know, this is not a surprising game plan. It's happened in other places like Houston where, you know, they shed some payroll and they and they bottomed it out a little bit. And, you know, the Bundy trade surprised me a little bit. But I think also they looked at he has two years so he could bring more in prospects. And I think they feel like they got four top 40 or something. I believe Van Grass ranked all four. So, they pulled trigger on that one, too. Steve Molesky is our guest. Steve, long shot, I know, but could you see the price on free agent pitcher Andrew Kashner getting to any level that the Orioles would say, hey, we can pick this guy up for $6 million for two years, something like that, that, that as a stabilizing force that he could fall in their laps? I mean, because I don't see him getting – anywhere near like the seven and a half eight million dollar figure he was working on i have a hard time seeing him sign any pitcher to two years but okay. maybe they would yeah um i just think they're clearing the decks for louther and wells and bauman and aiken and later grayson rodriguez and all those guys yep. to have chances when they're ready and they're gonna the next you know if you want to talk about the rebuild it's going to rise or fall most likely on those pitching prospects over the next two to three years. So I guess my I guess the way to ask that question really would be: suppose he fell in their laps at three million yeah, for, one for one if year for one year. I mean, I think they might have interest in Kevin Gosman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, they have interest in any pitcher who might be able to give them some help in the rotation. That's going to be back end low dollar probably yep. one year so any of the many names fit it'll just probably be who's left standing because a lot of those guys will will want to sign with a team where they can really pump up their value and teams that finish last place at camden yards don't fit that bill for a lot of no, those guys you're so, right um we have to keep that in mind it doesn't mean they don't like the orioles it just means they're thinking selfishly of them of their own career which that's what you do when you're a free agent uh, you don't start thinking boy who would i be good for you know <laughs> who would be good for me and which you know hey yeah. that's what a lot of us do in some decisions yeah. sometimes so um that's what they'll be doing well let me ask you this from uh the orioles are kind of walking not so much a tight rope but just they i think they have to be kind of careful at this point because you're in the middle of a rebuild. You, you can see with these two moves over the past couple of weeks what they're trying to do, and I think we all understand it, but from a fan's perspective and trying to make this team 
uh, to a point where people do want to go out to the ballpark and watch them. Uh, how? What's your general sense from what you're reading and your feedback on your blogs from fans who are maybe disgruntled or are they giving it time to, to, to see how it all works out? Are they willing to do that? I think all of the above is true. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought last year I was very surprised with the understanding nature of a large majority of fans <clears throat> and I do think the VR move stirred third the pot here, and there's we're hearing from some angry fans and some fans who are not happy with this. But I, but I also think if you're Michael Elias, do you really say to your, should you really say to yourself, what two or three moves could I make that excite our fans so we draw an extra two hundred thousand, and instead of sixty-two wins, we can get maybe sixty-seven? Is that really? A difference maker. I, I don't see it, and I and I think in the three or four years, if it turns into what they hope, the fans will not look back and go, you know what? I'm not going to the game because I'm still mad at them for 2020 yeah. when they could have won 71 games, not 61, and that ruined my summer. I I'm, hey. and I'm not trying to minimize yeah. it here, but I'm just saying, really, let's think this through. And and his charge and what he needs to do, and I think he's sticking to his plan, is all things that will be good down the road, and they've come out and said wins are a lower priority in 2020. And so it's funny, that one sentence can get twisted so many ways. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no question. That fans come out and say, well, they're trying to lose. Okay, well, if they're trying to lose, then don't put Austin Hayes in center field because the kid will run into the wall for the ball. So right. that would be the first thing. Announce to the fans, we're not going to play Austin Hayes, we're trying to lose. I don't want this kid trying to catch the ball because we want that ball to fall in. We're trying to lose. So, I mean, some of this can get, you know, we can yeah. take it to ridiculous levels. You know, I think I think what it is, everybody bought in to what they needed to do when it started. And, you know, it's not for the faint of heart, though. In other words, uh, now that we're into this, people are saying, geez, we're actually going to take a step backwards to move forwards? Uh, that's not what I was buying into sort of a linear, uh, progressive, uh, you know, progressing uh, each and every year straight line up. Uh, I think that's what the reality has hit fans with. And listen, it's up to the club now to come up with some creative ways to sell this product. Uh, And and I'm not trying to say blow smoke up everybody's you-know-what, but uh, it's up to the club to be a little bit more aggressive marketing things, and I think they're doing that. They've got their holiday packages out now. But I wanted to move to another topic real quick uh, while we have you, Steve. Um, The the additions on the coaching staff this year. Now, they certainly aren't going to draw more fans because they got a better coaching staff, and this is not a knock at the guys that won't be back. But Brandon Hyde and Michael Elias were both hired late to their jobs. This year they had more opportunity. And tell us a little bit about the two folks that they brought in. Well, I don't know too much about him except Freddie Gonzalez yeah. managing the majors. I've never met him. I don't okay. know that much about him, you'll, really. You'll love him, um, Steve. You'll absolutely love him. Yeah, I mean, that's great. I mean, I, I think it's just there's turnover on staff from year to year. There aren't many that stay the same. So... Um, any addition they think is good or, you know, I'm sure Brandon Hyde has t- obviously has ties to some of these guys. So 
They have ties. They have ties back to their Marlin days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but what's the other guy's? His name's Anthony Sanders. Yes. And he's going to end up the first base coach. And is he sort of an assistant hitting coach too? I do not know okay. the answer to All that. Right. Okay. I don't think they've decided how they're going to how they're going to do it. They haven't announced anything. Obviously, they're waiting until they finalize. And so I think they're going to interview some more guys at the winter meeting. So you still have one spot left open. All right. Uh, we got you just for a couple more minutes, Steve. You did a great job last year. You were the first person that wrote about Richie Martin based on some conversations you had with folks at Baseball America as being a leading candidate to be taken in the Rule 5 draft. And the Orioles had the number one pick, and they took Richie Martin. This year, I guess they won't have the number one pick, do they have the number two pick? They do. Okay. They do, yeah. And I wrote today on NationSports.com about that and talked to J.J. Cooper. Who And give us a couple of the names. J.J. Cooper, of course, is with Baseball America. But what are a couple of the names? And people can read that article right now on NationSports.com. Well, I mean, he made a good point that if you're a rebuilding team like the Orioles, and the Rule 5 draft essentially comes down to two categories, players who are ready or close to ready, uh, that are looking for a chance that might have some flaw that put them in a situation where they were not protected. And then younger players who uh, exceeded at lower levels who are maybe projects for the future that you try to take and stash and keep. And he named Jose Rojas a second baseman for the Angels. Last year hit 31 home runs, hit 296. This was in the Pacific Coast League, yes, but you know he filled up the stat sheet and can play multiple positions. He named Joe Barlow, right-handed reliever, uh, who had great numbers at two of the three levels he pitched at last year, but struggled at AAA. K high strikeout rate, 14.68 last year. And he named a young outfielder, uh, Moises Gomez, 21 years old, from Venezuela, from the Rays system, um, who he says has big-time legit power who had a huge year in 2018 in the Midwest League, fell off a little bit last year, raised number 12 prospect. So he's for the future, you know. And sometimes the international players, because uh, if you're signed at 16, after five seasons you're eligible for this list. And so this kid's 21, and he's already eligible. But it's kind of like a Santander situation. You're taking a kid. They took him out of a ball. Right. Um, and, And you have to realize he's just not ready to hit in the major leagues the next year can you stash him and you could probably to me my opinion you could stash a position player more than a pitcher and not that they stashed Richie Martin last year he played a lot right but um you know I mean the Orioles are the perfect team for the rule five draft for years it didn't seem like they were right yeah we thought they could win something why they're taking rule five guys uh, but now they're the perfect team to take one or more more well listen I understand how the rule five game works and and if, if they were really any good, the position I'm going to talk about, they wouldn't be eligible. But did J.J. Uh, Cooper mention any potential starting pitcher other than the Orioles' Cody Sedlock that, or Gray Fenter? Did he mention anybody that, that maybe the Orioles could sneak and get a guy that could could help them a little bit in the rotation? <laughs> no, I mean, there's not a lot of starters in yeah. this because if you're a starter yeah. with a lot yeah. of potential, right. you're probably not on this list. Yeah, so. yeah. The fans are liking Zach Brown, who's a pitcher from the Brewers, ranked their number three prospect. That's the one the Oriole fans have identified that they want, who they keep asking me about. So, All right. 
We'll see if they take him, but I think it will be hard to find a starter. I think if you're expecting a Rule 5 guy to come in and be every fifth-day guy, All right. boy, that's going to be hard. Uh, but, you know, um, there will probably be a couple out there. All right. You're on. You're going to be writing every day this week during the winter baseball meetings, and you're on Mass in a couple nights? Yes, of course. Yeah. Both, what nights both are you through. on? Tuesday, Wednesday? Next week on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Great, on great. Mid-Atlantic Sports Report. Are you on some of those shows? I'm on Monday and Friday. So they, All right. they bookended us. They know that we're, you and I are too powerful a duo. Save together. me a seat. All right. Leave some Mel Antonin's cookies for me. All right. Hey, thanks, thanks for joining us, Steve. All right. See you guys. All right. Hey, Press Box's Project Game Day is back as we'll be with you to react immediately during and after every Baltimore football game this season. That means this Sunday at about 2.15-2.20 halftime of the Ravens at Buffalo game. Join co-hosts like NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Press Box Ken Zales, or Eric Ardee from Barstool Sports, along with Glenn Clark. Uh, and right after the game, uh, you can uh, chime in for about an hour with those guys and get your thoughts up on uh, Facebook Live, so join us. Uh, Again, this program is made possible, Project Game Day, by great partners like the Costas Inn, Wise Markets, Glen Burning Transmissions, Glory Days Grill, and the U.S. Army. Like PressBox on Facebook at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. And watch Project Game Day each and every game day this season. And speaking of one of those sponsors, Craig, the Costas Inn is one of our favorite places to go. Yeah, you were there last week. I was there to celebrate my anniversary with my lovely wife of 20 years. Got the number right. That's good. That's really good. And the date, November 30th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nick was kind enough uh, to to buy our table uh, desserts. How about that? You know, I, I had not remembered. Maybe it's something new that they've added. Their desserts were absolutely monstrous. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes you... Uh, order something like that, and you, you know, if it's ice cream, it's kind of hard to take that home. Yes. So you're kind of forced to eat it. Eat right it all, there. right? Eat all those calories anyway. Yeah. But uh, uh, they've got a lot of special stuff there, like uh, well, special nights. Special nights. Uh, food is always great, and it's not just the world famous crab cakes and uh, crabs, steam crabs, which you can, by the way, now that Christmas is here, you can ship those. All across or the crab country. cakes, right? Crab cakes, yep. yeah, absolutely. Yep. And uh, give your relatives a taste of Baltimore who might not be here anymore. So that's a good way to do that. Right. And uh, great specials on the menu. Uh, crab cake night on Monday night, ribs night on Tuesday, steak night on Wednesday, and you can also get half-price bottles of wine uh, on Wednesdays for any of the any of the meals that you have and lobsters thursday on right? thursday you get that plain or stuffed absolutely right. 4100 north point boulevard the costas inn respect it's more than a word in the u.s army it is one of our core values earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad on the army team respect is earned daily and now in addition to earning respect you may earn up to forty thousand dollars in bonuses if you qualify to learn more visit goarmy.com bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY paid for by the u.s army 
Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Ravens and Caps season with all of the games on dozens of TVs. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wing Ding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week. Join Sliders for the away Ravens games as well as the home game parties featuring Fancy Clancy Pilsner as well as game day food and drink specials. Find out about all of the parties and specials at slidersbaltimore.com. Sliders, one of Baltimore's original continuously operating bars. Royal Farms is known for being real fresh and real fast, but we're also real Baltimore. That's because Baltimore is our home base and our home. Like purple and black, flamingos and sunglasses, or crabs and Old Bay, our subs are real Baltimore, right down to the name. We make them fresh, delicious, and to your order, all day, every day, at a price that's easy to swallow. Royal Farms subs are another reason why Royal Farms is real fresh, real fast, real Baltimore. Want to know what's going on in high school football this season throughout the state of Maryland? Tune in to the Press Box High School Football Show with Booker Corrigan and legendary former McDonough coach Dom D'Amico. The guys will discuss everything happening at the private and public school levels, players and teams to watch, upcoming games, and so much more. Every Monday at 12.30 p.m., watch the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio for the Press Box High School Football Show. Check out Costa in at 4100 North Point Boulevard. They're known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes. And their nightly specials also include crab cake night on Monday, rib night on Tuesday, steak night on Wednesdays with a half-priced bottle of wine, and lobster night on Thursdays. Check out CostaZen.com to find out more. And the delicious crab cakes are shipped anywhere. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square offers a better way to tailgate with football and nuggets. You can now pick up a 30-count Chick-fil-A nugget in a football-shaped container and if it would be helpful, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square can half-cook it, leaving you the opportunity to heat it the rest of the way just in time for your party. And now Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square offers their three-cheese mac and cheese. Cheddar, Parmesan, and Romano combine in this classic side, baked fresh in the restaurant. Download the Chick-fil-A app, place your order, and pile up Chick-fil-A bonus points good for free food. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, 5198 Campbell Boulevard. Call Steve if you'd like your party catered by Chick-fil-A, 410 410- 931-0031, Chick-fil-A, Nottingham Square. This is former Terp AJ Francis, just here to let you know that I am a huge wrestling fan. I know you are too. And there's a lot of stupid idiots out there that ruin the wrestling podcast experience for everyone else. Hey, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. I don't understand why people would ever cheer for Roman Reigns. He's awful. I'm sick of it. Boo! Boo Roman Reigns! Never wrestled for Ring of Honor. Never wrestled for PWG. Never wrestled Uh, in Japan. He is no Kenny Omega. Too sweet me, bro. I hate both of you. And this is why I keep stupid idiots like you on my list. This is your boy Y2AJ here to save you. Find Jobbing Out, the podcast tab at PressBoxOnline.com on SoundCloud or iTunes. Pizza Blitz of Quarry Lake just off 695 at Greenspring Avenue, a new sponsor to the show uh, and to Glenn Clark Radio. Provides Brad and Nikki Bozeman with their favorite white pizza after every Ravens game at Pizza Blitz. They understand that quality ingredients make quality food. Go to Pizza Blitz, QuarryLake.com for their complete menu. And also, reminder that Ken Zalis is back and fulfilling 
all of your fantasies. Well, your football fantasies. Anyway, the Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday at 11.30 a.m. KZ helps you set your lineup for all your fantasy matchups. Watch at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. It's all brought to you by Wise Markets and Glory Days Grill. Join us for the Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday morning at 11.30 a.m., We are broadcasting from the Live Casino Hotel studio. If you are on Facebook Live right now watching us, please like and share the program. And right now on the Bat Around, we welcome in our next guest, and he is from MLB.com. And my good buddy Bill Latson, who uh, here in the middle stand of uh, free agency, here's a guy that's never been a free agent in his life. Everybody wants Bill's services in one way or the other. And he is Bill Latson of MLB.com. Good morning, sir. How are you? How's it going, guys? Bill, I tried to talk Craig into staying home today, but he yeah, he, well, he, he, he yeah. said, well, he said I've got to I've got to be the thorn in his side, right? And he said his la- I said is Latson coming on? He said, yeah, I said, oh, I'll be here <laughs> <laughs> to make your life a living hell. Hey, yeah. I may as well go for. I'm I'm 0 for 3 in asking Craig, our producer Kyle Ottenheimer, and Steve Molesky. I want to ask you your opinion. Does does MLB get this winter baseball thing right now, or should they do one of two things, and that is move the move the meetings 10 days before Thanksgiving, or just sort of say there's no activity allowed in Major League Baseball in the month of November. We want to set up the MLB. Uh, you know, meetings to be really incredible, incredible marketplace. And theater. Theater, yep. I, I disagree. I, I like it the way it is right now. Okay, I'm 0 for 4 uh, today. Yeah, which, is about, which is about normal, Bill. Which is about the way it was when I used to hang at the bars. Right. I'd go 0 for 4. Oh, 0 for 4. From, one, home. from one end to the other. <laughs> I'll tell you my, my, my uh, case on it. Because yep. no matter what happens, you know, the, the teams are going to be busy. They're going to try to get better. I think that's too um, – if you have a, a resting period, I think that's too long. Well, what if the uh, what if the resting period were just November 15th to December the 5th? I still I still wouldn't go. To okay. Because, you know, I want to – you know, like the Nationals did last year, I want to sign my free agents now. I, w- I want to beat everybody to the punch. I want to get better. And uh, – I wouldn't go for that. Uh, right. I know that Dave Dombrowski wanted to have it, something similar, but uh, no, nah, man. And you I, know, things are too busy now. I just think, as a as a business entity, the the National Football League, the day that free agency starts, there is like there are thirty announcements made. You know, when the NBA when free agency starts, there's ten or twelve big names immediately moving. It just seems like baseball. Uh, as free agency has begun to get more complicated with teams trying to suppress salaries, I think that it's just become, um, I don't know, it's just all too scattered for me. But we can move on from that. Well, you, you asked or you mentioned the fact that, like, last year the Nationals started signing free agents, you know, starting to compile a team. And, you know, some of the people that we expect to be back next year, when, and we've talked about Ryan Zimmerman, but, hey, Howie Kendrick, uh, MVP of the NL- great that he signed back ML- MVP of the NLCS. He winds up uh, with the two-run homer uh, in Game Seven of the World Series, and the Nationals bring him back. And I know every year is is different, 
because here's a guy that uh, they really monitored his his playing time and and kind of switched in between second base and first base when Zim was having his issues. But boy, what a what a what a what a great signing here it is to bring him back because of the versatility that he brings. Yes, he does. And uh, Craig, you know, um, I, to be honest with you, I did not think he would be back. Not because of his hitting, because he's still outstanding. Yeah. But 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 his defense is below average. I, I thought he was better off with another team and like a D eight like kept, a DH in the American League, probably. Yes, and we we kept hearing that he's gonna he was close to signing. With the Tampa Bay Rays, and I said to myself, "That that that's pretty good because he can just DH." But um, but he's back with the Nationals. He's a he's a World Series hero forever there, and uh, you know, good for them. Let me ask you a question: Does this bode well for the club re-signing Ryan Zimmerman, or is is he now kind of redundant in what his skill set is versus Howie Kendrick? Well, you got to remember something. I don't think Ryan Zimmerman's skills are redundant because not only can he play uh, first base, right? This guy can play the outfield. Remember how good he was in yeah. 2014? I mean, I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't see. I said keep him there. So um, I think there's room for Ryan Zimmerman. Ryan Zimmerman said he's willing to be a part-time player, right? Well, let's see. How much money they give him? I think the big issue would be money. Right, and he'd still be their best option at first base from a defensive standpoint too, because he's really you know everybody knows what kind of defense he brings to the table. Right. Yes, and uh, the guy takes pride in his defense, so that's good. Yeah, and I remember him in the outfield. He played a lot of left yep. field. Uh, the only thing uh, he he had an issue with is is, and we figured that was going to happen going in was, was his throwing. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, but. Uh, I mean, I, I think he positioned himself in ways uh, with the help of, uh, you know, some of the coaches that uh, that didn't become really an issue, Bill. No, it wasn't. I mean, he was excellent out there. And uh, diving for balls, it was like, wow, this was something. So yeah. uh, it's great uh, that Ryan Zimmerman can do more than just play uh, first base. We're talking with Bill Latson of MLB.com. Bill, uh uh, this week, uh, Mark Lerner came out and said, boy, uh, we'd love to have both Anthony Rendon and Steven Strasburg back. There's really only room for one of those guys. Scott Boris, uh, who does a lot of business with the Lerners, has a great relationship. He took kind of exception to that and sort of says there's plenty of money there. Uh, how do you think that went over with the learners? And before you answer that question, I'll add to that uh, the fact that there were a couple of different writers that wrote – uh, this week, that there's more than enough money there for the for the Nationals to be able to do both. Yeah, because of all the the you know the crowds they had doing the World Series and uh, and all that. So, but you know what though, when Mark Warner talks, I don't I don't think he's kidding around. I don't think he's making things up because uh, if you remember with Bryce Harper last year, he said. Um, we need Bryce Harper to sign now. He didn't do it. And, you know, you saw where he went, and that was uh, you go to Philadelphia. I think uh, the, the person I think that's going to sign between those two, I think he's going to be Strasburg. I still find it hard to believe that he would leave because he just moved to D.C. over last winter. Yeah, He's living there full-time now. 
So why would you waste a year? You should. You're better off staying in San Diego if you leave the Nationals. Well, but but uh, but, but so far, I've heard that the Phillies are interested in him. Yeah, I've heard the Yankees are interested in him, and the Dodgers have talked to him already. Well, uh, well, you, you. But you know what, though? I mean, I don't know. Here's why I think another problem is: I think in his first contract, Strasburg took the deferred payments. Right. Okay. That's why. That's another reason why I think he's going to resign. Anthony Rendon, on the other hand, I don't see him making deferred payments. I see him taking the Bryce Harper route. Uh, you know, Bryce Harper didn't take uh, deferred payments. He's getting all his money. So um, I, I can see why the Texas Rangers are considered the front runners right now. You think you think that they are the front runners right now? Yes. Yes, okay. I do. Um, was it was it surprising to you that the Phillies ended up the winner in the Zach Wheeler uh, sweepstakes? Uh, it did surprise me. What well, surprised me more, I think, was the money given. Yeah, because I don't see Zach Wheeler as a hundred eighteen million dollar pitcher. No, I mean, no, I mean the last two years, Zach Greinke had his moments, but there were days, man. I'm telling you, when they needed him, you know, especially when they were in the playoffs. They needed him in the clutch, and he was bad. Well, if so, so that's my take on it. Uh, is Garrett Cole going to sign with the Yankees? I think so. Listen, man, I'm telling you, they need starting pitching. And you know, the Yankees—it's uh, been in the papers that the Yankees announced that he's going to be their top priority. Yeah, yeah. So yes, yeah. I, I think there's a good chance he could sign with the Yankees. Boy, they brought in what? They brought in Andy Pettit to to work on him. You know, in, yeah, in the yeah. sales pitch. which is good. That's a great. That's good. a great salesman. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this: yeah. Going back to Rendon, real quick, if the Nationals do not re-sign him, Josh Donaldson is the guy who the Nationals would be interested in, the Phillies would be interested in, and the Mets would be interested in, and apparently the Dodgers too. Yeah, but I'm not, but but primarily those NL East teams. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you, what do you think of the uh, possibility if Anthony Rendon is not a national next year that Josh Donaldson comes here? Well, you would hope that he would, uh, you know, be productive. But you know, I got you got to remember something. Yes, he has he had a comeback season. There's no yeah. doubt. But he, he's he's getting on with age. I hope that wasn't a fluke. Last year, I mean, because the previous two years, he kept getting injured. There was always a problem. So um, I hope that he still he still has it in him to, you know, be a productive uh, third baseman. So um, it's hard for me to say because he's getting up in age, and uh, I would hope for the Nationals say he does well. We're talking with Bill Latson of MLB.com. Bill, um, to me, the perfect guy for the Nationals to have signed – has already flown the coop, and that was Mike Mustakas, because Mustakas, if you sign him for 16, that left you all. And I'm not saying he's the player Rendon is, but he's proven to be a winning player and a productive player, and that left you the extra money to pay Strasburg. Uh, but now they've lost him. I don't think if they uh, if they don't get Donaldson or Rendon. I'm guessing Carter Keboom is the third baseman to start this season. Oh, uh, you would think. You would think. Um, you know, I hope they bring back uh, Cabrera as well. 
Yeah. DeBrar had a nice year, a great year for the for the Nationals. So, I, you know what? I don't know, man. I, I think right now, as of right now, I hope for the Nationals' sake that they sign Rendon because I, I don't think they have another backup well, and ready. From, and from Cabrera's right. standpoint, from Cabrera's standpoint, he can play all four positions in the infield if need be. Yeah, that's correct. All so, right. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea. Billy, a um, couple others real quick before we let you go. Uh, Rayu and Bumgarner, where do they end up? Wow. Um, well, Bumgarner is from uh, North Carolina. Right. So it looks like, you know, he's going to sign with the Braves, but that's not going to happen. Yep, with, with know, Hamels there, say, yeah. Right. I, I think uh, regarding him, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Mets gave him a shot because he's a winning player, obviously. He has been the same since 2014, you know, when he pitched all those innings in the World Series as a reliever. So, um, I don't know. That That's going to be hard. I'm going to say somewhere in the East, I'm going to say the Mets. All right. You know, I'm beginning to think that Mel Antonin might be onto something with the White Sox or maybe the Twins, one of those two teams really. And I'll tell you the other guy, the, the other uh, laying in wait is the fact that they're not going to have Cole back leave some money for uh, the Houston Astros to maybe take, you know, a shot at him. Yeah, um, maybe. I, I don't know. All right. But uh, you you asking about Ryu. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, Ryu could go to Minnesota, could go to the White Sox. I mean, the White Sox have made it clear they want to win now. Couldn't he be so, a perfect uh, alternative if they signed Cole for, let's say, $37 million a year, $38 million? What do you yeah, think? But, I, I see Rayu as still a possibility in New York, the Yankees. No, well, no, no, but I think that's going to be like, let's see what happens with Cole first. And I, don't, I don't see the White Sox getting Garrett Cole. I just don't see it. No, I didn't say Cole. Bumgarner to the White Sox. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Bumgarner um, to the White Sox. Yeah, maybe uh, I, I don't. I, I don't see that. I think they have to show they have to win right away. Almost. All right. Billy, we got to run, my friend. Enjoy the winter baseball meetings uh, from your home, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right? You, you got it. Take care. All right. Thank you very much. All right. We uh, want to remind you that we're broadcasting from the live casino hotel studios, which is where we are each and every uh, Saturday morning from 10 to 12. Also, Monday through Friday from the same time, 10 to 12, Glenn Clark Radio, Glenn and Kyle Ottenheimer. Uh, the Battle Round is presented by Mobile One. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. That's right. Visit your local Jiffy Lube Service Center and ask for Mobile One. And wanted to also tell you that Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill just steps from Camden Yards is the perfect sports bar for Ravens and Cap season with all the games on dozens of TVs. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wingding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more. With different drink specials every day of the week, join Sliders for the away Ravens games as well as the home game parties featuring fancy clancy beer as well as the game day food and drink specials. Find out about all the parties and specials at slidersbaltimore.com. Sliders, one of Baltimore's original continuously operating bars. We remind you, we are broadcasting from the Live Casino Hotel Studios. And we want to make sure everybody knows that we are on Facebook Live. 
And you can like us and share us, and we would appreciate that uh, immensely. And is James Henneman one? James Henneman is on with us, uh, the esteemable reporter and uh, columnist for PressBox. Also, official scorer, and he handles a lot of the writing chores for special publications of the home team, the Baltimore Orioles. Jimmy, how are you? Hanging in there, guys. What's happening? Not too much. Jimmy, I'm 0 for 4 so far, so I'm going to go for I'm going to go for 0 for 5. Now, now keep in mind, you need a new hobby. Before he before he asks you this question, keep in mind right. we've equated this to him at a bar in his younger days, where you kind of go down the line in the bar for each girl that you ask. You know, you want to go out, you want to go to dinner. He's 0 for 4. Let's see if the smartest well, uh, guy that we have on the show today God. agrees with now, me. Now, that's not very politically correct. Now, you're you're telling me that Bill Latson's not smart. Or Steve Moleski said he's smart. the smartest. Oh, Jim Henneman right. is the Good smartest. Enough. Jim, oh, uh, is Major League Baseball, do they have the winter baseball meetings handled right from a business-slash-PR standpoint, or would you like to see some changes made that would sort of either move them in front of Thanksgiving by a week or 10 days or maybe prohibit transactions the month of November so that when the baseball winter meetings are center stage, there's this tremendous amount of activity guaranteed. As it is now, it's all sort of drips and drabs. Well, I don't know how they could do anything before Thanksgiving, certainly. Certainly they couldn't do it. Uh, no, I meant so- 10 days before, like the week before the Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I know we, the, we're going back to our old way of thinking, but yep. 10, days, 10 days before Thanksgiving next year is going to be like less than 10 days after the end of the World Series, probably. So, right. Um, that's not a whole lot of time. You know, um, I mean, I agree. That the winter means so I'm over for, what they I'm over for what five. They used to be. I'm yeah. over for five. Okay. Yeah. They, really, they really aren't what they used to be. Um, yeah. You know, back in the day, the, 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 they were actually separate meetings. They were, they were actually... And, and in some cases, actually held in separate but close uh, proximity uh, proximities between the minor, the minor leagues and, and the major leagues. And uh, now it's uh, it's congested. I, mean, I think this is. I mean, this is kind of the way they want it now. They don't. Uh, yeah, it's a whole different. Yeah, I mean, I, the winter was, means you, used to be one of the favorite, my favorite yeah. things when you were on the beat. Me I mean, too, because you got to see everybody. You get to see a lot of people and. Were you, were you at the winter meetings in San Diego in the mid-'80s when it snowed out by the pool? No, I was not. But I tell you what, I was in San Diego once when it snowed. Yep. But it wasn't It wasn't for those winter meetings. All right. But, uh, hey, Jimmy. But it, it, it snowed, and it was on the front page of the paper in the morning, and by 11 o'clock, people were on the golf course. So Yeah, like, right. Hey, Jimmy, uh, I, I wanted your take. Uh, a lot of fans showing some signs of a little bit of uh, – uh, disgruntlement uh, with the club trading VR and Bundy this past week. Is it uh, naive uh, of of the fans to have expected this rebuild not to go in sort of a linear progression up, 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 up? Isn't there wasn't there always a chance you'd take a step backwards to move forward? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, but, you know, you have to understand something. The fans here, you know, as far as they're concerned, number first of all, the first step backer was taken before, it was taken in, in 18. So, I mean, uh, you know, we yep. basically uh, they threw in the town midway and 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 made, and made you know, the, the trades then. Uh, I mean, it remains to be seen whether the trades that have been made recently will produce any more than what those trades that 
have done, which at, to this point is still minimal, but uh, at least uh, it's closer to the to the edge. I mean, look, I you know I'm not crazy about the way things are going on because you know you got to put a competitive team on the field. Um, I do feel like with with difference to the to the players that are going to play. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard if you're going to have a Walmart team. You know, maybe you ought to have Walmart prices. And I, I mean, I, I mean that. Yeah. You know, I really it, it sounds worse than I really mean it. But, no, but uh, I, I know, understand that's kind what of the way saying. it is. And uh, you know, there's one thing about rebuilding. Look, um, the, the bottom line is the top tier of these prospects that we have are not going to show up here for a while. They're not going to let them show up here for a while. They're going to be. They're going to be controlled even at the lower minor league levels as, as long as, as possible until they get to the point where, you know, they'll be able to, that's why I, I'm really curious to see how the, they handle the Rutschman situation because let's say he's ready for the big leagues next year. Well, you know, then then almost that was a bad draft choice because he's going to be he can be ready long before the team is. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And he'll be in arbitration and free agency and all that nonsense. And, uh, you know, well, I think by the, there's also, don't, don't forget, there's going to be a new CBA written somewhere before, but you know, but uh, before this team is relevant again, and that that new that CBA is going to have some radical changes to it because because there are serious problems. The game has serious problems. It's out of whack arbitration wise, and it's out of and it's out of whack those first three years wise, and it's definitely out of whack when it comes to the option. The option this situation is ridiculous. What needs what needs to happen is it is it much more realistic to for the owners and management to give in and let players get the free agency sooner? Oh, let me tell you something. You know the best thing in the world. I mean, John Charles said this, you know, forty years ago. Let them make all. everybody a free agent every year. Yeah, I mean that's you know, and but but Martin Miller is smart enough to know that's not what the players want, right? Because that that's you know that creates too many. I mean that's like that's like opening the candy store up. Saying, "Hey, take you know, what's your favorite candy?" You know. So, so what's the solution there? Is it something to do with the player's age that would get make them a free agent a little bit sooner? You know, as much as we talk about analytics and the shift and the spin rates and and, and the exit velocities and all that stuff, the analytics has as much to do about the age of a player and his peak peak years as anything anything you can imagine. Right. And this whole this whole scenario right now is gauged. I mean, I'm. Uh, is gauged to the fact of not having a player get to his to free agency in his in his mid twenties. Right. It gets to his mid. It gets to his free agency in his in his in his late to early thirties. It's a, it's a whole different dynamic now because those ten year contracts. Even though you're still going to see some because right. people people are are are, are you well. Know, let's face it. The, the the owners are the ones that are agreeing to the contract. So, but sooner or later. Um, I mean, it shouldn't. The Orioles should not have to let a player with the attractiveness of a Jonathan Villar go just because they don't want to give him a raise. Right. Uh, that, that's my that's my biggest complaint. You know, he, look, he, even if he was only going to play one more year, uh, he brings something to the table that makes it interesting to go watch game. He's erratic. He does a lot of things that drive you crazy, but he's got some tools. And uh, you know, he he was a fun he was a fun watch for me. Yeah. I don't I don't uh, I didn't have a real problem, and then he can go to free agency, and you know, let's say it. I mean, obviously, this team is not going to be able to operate with a with a, a sub fifty million dollar payroll forever. I mean, they're going to try to they'll they'll do that the minute they you know, if, if Alex Cobb 
had a couple of good starts and uh, they can they can trade him. That you know that'll be another lump off. But you know, yep. I don't know that they're ever going to be able to resolve the Davis situation. But that's you know that's a you know horse of another color, I guess. Let me ask you this, Davis. I think twenty one million a year. If you add up VR Bundy and Givens, who I expect they'll trade, comes out pretty much to Davis's salary. Would this club, given where they are right now, have been more likely to keep those three players had Davis not been on the? Had, had, I, I I can't answer that, but, yeah. but to be but to be honest with you, yeah. my, my my guess is no. Yeah, my guess is they would have taken the same route. I yeah. I don't think that, I, and I think that I'm pretty sure they would tell you. That that they wouldn't let one one player uh, block their their vision of what they're going to do. The interesting the interesting one left, and he fits right into the dynamics that we're talking about. Right. Is Mancini. Yeah. You know what's going to happen here? Here's a guy who's going to you know he's got I believe three more years of control uh, at a relatively modest price, and he's not going to be a free agent until he's in his early thirties. Right. He's not going to be a uh, he's not going to be one of those uh, you know 150 million dollar free agents you know down the road. He's He's kind of caught right in the in, in that in that stream where I really honestly believe that's the that's the level where they're trying to drive these things to. So you can have these players in their peak years into their early thirties, right? And then if they go, they go. Yeah, no big deal. And let them go. Uh, almost, sign a, almost exactly like Adam Jones. Yeah, and like let them sign a year at a time and still make right. some money, right. but not the big contracts. We're right. talking to. Uh, one of the smartest guys in any room when it comes to talking baseball, and that is Jim Henneman, who writes for Press Box, also does official scoring at Oriole Games. Jimmy, let me ask you this with Chris Davis. Uh, we we know after last year that Mike Elias said right after the end of the regular season that we expect to see Chris in spring training and he is coming back. And right. and, and we've also heard that there are a few people in this front office who f- still feel like they can fix him. Do you see that happening as a realistic thing for this club uh, in-, in terms of Chris trying to, you know, maybe get back to at least half of what he was before? Well, no, or get back to his career averages. You'd right. Love him, you'd love for him to get back to his career averages. You know, that would be, that would, even, even with all these last two and a half years or whatever it is, uh, you'd think, you would take his career averages in a heartbeat. If there's anybody in the front office that thinks that they can fix him, uh, it would have to be somebody that's a recent addition to the front office, right? Because I don't think any, I don't think anybody else is going to get to to try anything. Um, I mean the 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 you know, and I, and I, I don't I don't know firsthand stuff, but but my information is, is they you know they uh, you know they basically don't want anybody fooling with their the players except their people. So yeah, and, and the reason one of the reasons I asked that, and and you're certainly out there and see enough of it, is that uh, it's funny for for a guy who has struggled as much as he has over the last few years, there are still teams in this league that won't pitch to him or will walk him to get to the next guy in the lineup. Just, I, I guess, just because of the track record. But, well, and also what's around and him. And what's I around mean, him, yeah. right, too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, that in seventh or eighth, he's never going to get anything. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and I, I mean, I think they pitch around him because, you know, they're they're afraid that they're going to, this is going to be the time that, that Chris is going to guess right or he's going to, yeah. or, or whatever the situation is. I mean, we can talk about hitting coaches all we want. And, I, and what, the only thing I know about hitting is what I might have read in Ted Williams' book, but so so let's not get carried away. But yeah. 
But the bottom line is, in most of these situations, it's it's really is all it's all between the years. I mean, it's all it's all an approach. It's all a, a mental approach to it. And you know, we look. We all know we've we've seen, and we and he's admitted to it. I mean, the number of the number of third strikes, taking third strikes, taking fastball third strikes, yeah. is really alarming. I mean that, and and that just has to be, uh, I, I think, uh, messed up. Uh, approach at the plate. I mean, I remember Frank sometime. I can't remember where who, I can't remember who the hitter was, and and even if I did, it probably would be just as well not. But I mean, you know, taking a, taking a pitch and or going up and, and, and pop down the pitch, and Frank saying, you know, I thought you were going to look for a changeup. I said, well, I was gonna look, I was looking for a changeup, but he threw me a fastball. It looked like the best pitch I was going to get, so I hit it. Right. Well, you know, that's what happens. I mean, you know, you go up there thinking one thing, and then all of a sudden you see something else. That looks good, and you get yourself out. And uh, uh, you know, I mean, I, I that's and that's strictly as a from a, a you know we're we can look at it and we can say what we want. We don't know as much as these people do. Let's yeah. face it. And if they can't fix them, uh, you know, we certainly can't fix them. We all have our we all have our philosophies. But Jim, let me get let me get back to the two trades the Orioles have made. Uh, and I understand your thoughts on keeping him, you know, that uh, he shouldn't have been deprived of staying in Baltimore because he was going to get a raise. But why do you think some other winning teams weren't interested in him at what I find, yeah, for the Orioles and where they are, $10 million, a little over $10 million, maybe a little pricey, but for a team, you know, like the Mets or the Angels, somebody that's trying to win uh, that somehow could have uh, – gotten better with uh, with acquiring VR but but you wouldn't do that unless he was going to be a regular yeah I mean, you know you're you're not going to you're not going to pay a guy 10 million dollars so he's going to be a regular he was going to be a regular here I mean, he, 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 would, he would play 162 games a year no question about it but the you know, angels I, mean, I could see know, him playing so, I could see him playing 160 games yeah. with the angels I mean look these you know we, we listen to all these numbers I mean look I'm an, I'm a I'm a statistics numbers that they get, they get translated into war numbers and all that kind of stuff but by the by the uh, the golden Bible of how we grade players these days. This guy's an all star. Right. I mean, he's a he's a plus four war. A yeah. Plus four war in in, in today's age is an all star. So what, what do you th- what do you make of the haul? I know you've only been able to look at the stats, but what do you make of the haul the Orioles got for uh, Dylan Bundy? I have no. Uh, well, they got they have, they have one one guy who was the twenty eighth best prospect in the Angels system. Right. And and the other and two guys haven't played yet. So you know who. who you know, you know who knows. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I think it's it's kind of a it really, it's kind of a disservice to for these teams to list top thirty prospects. Everybody had thirty prospects. Right. That's nine hundred players. Right. right. I mean, it's yeah. not you know that's more players than there are in the big leagues. Yeah. Right. So I mean, you know, it's not like you know twenty eighth best prospect is, and yet that doesn't mean that he's not better than than number four. I mean, you know, we all we all know that. So what do you? What do you think the teams that are interested in Michael Givens look like? Do you have a couple teams that you no, think? No, I don't. Have, no, I mean, I I think that uh, whoever is going to be teams that are interested in Mike, it's going to be the same. It'll be the same. It'll be kind of the same market as it was for Bundy. Yep. I would think. I mean, you know, teams that that, that can use look. You, teams that are not looking for closers and they're not looking for starters and they're they're looking for for somebody in, in between. Right. You know. You can kiss lightning in a bottle with a lot of people, and like I mean, the Orioles caught lightning in a bottle with this guy, you know, three, four years ago when you know when he was pitching at Bowie and the scouts came through there and said, "Whoa, this guy's got a better arm than anybody I've seen all year," right. you know. 
Now, he still apparently he still seems to have this as good an arm, but uh, you know, I, I mean, to me, he always he translated into somebody who who had closer kind of stuff. But I think his his control still seems that, to me is still an issue in that. So I think that that probably takes away. But you know, to have a guy, an arm like that in the middle of a game to keep you in a game, he almost seems you know, he almost seems to me like a guy who needs a change of scenery. I mean, because I, I, I'm i not so sure the Orioles are going to get back to yep. having Michael Givens be the guy he was for the three years or so back when they were a good ball club. Yeah. Listen, it pains me to say this, mm-hmm. but I'm going to tell you something. Dylan Bundy has got to feel like he's just got to get out of jail card. Yeah, I think so, too. <clears throat> I mean, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, I mean, he, he didn't turn out to be – I mean, even when they took him, as good as he was, I wish that we'd have taken Rendon, and that's not really a second guess, but for him to go through what he went through and and then get to the big leagues, and, and, and really it's it's kind of a labor to get him, you know, he, he's making his 30 starts and stuff like that, but it's just a shame that we never got to see the picture that we thought we were going to get. Yeah, yeah, and look, he goes out. Now, he's listen, got, here's he's the other got, thing, guys. He's got a great set. If all this works out, yep. the, way they, the way it started to go, the, the biggest trait ship that they might have in this whole organization right now might be Hunter Harvey. That's true. And think about that for a minute. And, and, and especially, I mean, to me, to, to me, I'm, I'm taking him to spring as a starter. I mean, what what, what a team that's going to win 50 games, you, you know, what, why are you going to waste an arm like that in the bullpen? Let, let's find out if he can start. You know, then you might really have a trade ship. Jimmy, uh, you mentioned Bundy to the Angels. I mean, he's going to find a little bit uh, better defense behind him with Trout in oh, center and yeah, Simmons yeah. at shortstop. Yeah. All no right. question. No question. Jimmy, thank you for your time today. As always, we appreciate it. Look forward to uh, reading you in the next issue of Press Box. All, All right. right. Thank I'm going to go watch some football and then watch the Terps again. Terps are getting impressive. Yep. I can Very, what I'm seeing there. So. Very quickly before we let you go, are we, are, am I going to see the uh, the orange, you know, the black and orange tuxedo on opening day again this year? Well, if, if, you, if you see Henny on opening day, the chances are you'll see the black and orange. You'll see the orange on opening day. Let's put, let's, let's All right. Yeah, well, that's what I look forward to. You blew my chance at a great line today because I thought we were going to maybe talk about the Hall of Fame. So if you were going to say, I, I meant let's to, talk about the Hall of Fame, I was going to tell you, look, I'm really a strong believer, though, that you really we need really need to wait five years before we start talking about Lamar Jackson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Jim. All right. Take have a, care. Have a great holiday season. Thank you. All right. You want to know uh, about what's going on this season in high school football throughout the state of Maryland? Well, then you've tuned in to Press Box High School Football Show with Booker Corrigan, legendary former McDonough coach Dom D'Amico. The guys will discuss everything happening at both the private and public school levels every Monday at 1230 p.m. Watch at Facebook.com slash Sports. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. And by the way, not too late. I'm looking at the press box feed right now of the show, and I'm only seeing three shares. What is that all about? Is everybody out Christmas shopping? If you're watching the show right now, please like it and share it. Craig Heist and I, we make our money based on how many likes and shares we get. Uh, live Casino Hotels, new venue. It's another bad week. <laughs> <laughs> the Hall Live. We're, we're in for the gas money, Craig. That's right. Live Casino Hotel's new venue, The Hall Live, opens with a preview event Thursday, December 26th, featuring two great bands, Kristen and the Noise and Lost in Paris. 
And then another great free event to celebrate the new venue as Charm City Devils headline the Hall Live on Sunday, December 29th. Tickets are free, but you need to claim your tickets now by going to LiveCasinoHotel.com. More great shows coming to the Hall Live at, excuse me, more great shows coming to the Hall Live at Live Casino Hotel in 2020 include Jill Scott, February 14th, Squeeze, February 29th, OAR, March 14th, Air Supply, April 3rd, Josh Groban, April 16th, Patty LaBelle, May the 2nd, and Gabriel Iglesias, August 22nd. Get your tickets now by going to LiveCasinoHotel.com. And, Craig, before we uh, get into the heart of the break, let's tell the folks about our favorite place to eat and what's so special about the Costa Center. Well, I can tell you they got their Christmas decorations up, and they got the Christmas tree in the uh, main dining room, and uh, it is... Floor to ceiling, and it is a big, beautiful tree. But uh, that's not why you go to the Costas Inn. Well, it might why be. Why do you? Yeah, it, may, it might be now that Christmas is here. Yeah. But you go for the fabulous food and the just the great camaraderie because everybody at the Costas Inn treats you like your family. Uh, Nick and Pete Triantafilos, uh And we're still trying to figure out exactly well, what, what it is well, Nick You know, does. I went out there last week, and I saw, I saw Pete. You yeah. know, he's, at, he's in that sort of the chef outfit, right, sort of. Right. He walks around greeting people. And then I see this guy. Sitting at the end like, of the bar. He's like sitting at the end of the bar, drinking a little bit, you yeah. know. But watching watching a game. Watching a game. And I, and I said to you last week, I said, mm-hmm. what does this guy do? Uh-huh. It's he, really but mystifying. It, it is. It, it's very hard to be a premier supervisor. Yeah. And that is exactly yeah. what Nick is. So he's pretending to be doing nothing. Right. While he's really... Well, he's actually doing, doing a whole, a whole, bunch. A whole right, bunch. exactly. What exactly is the whole... Define whole bunch. Well, whole nothing. bunch is... No, uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, yeah, Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. Great specials on the menu uh, each and every day of the week. Uh, Monday night is crab cake night. Tuesday is rib night. Wednesday is steak night, and you can get free or half-price bottles of wine uh, with any meal on Wednesdays. And then also Thursday is lobster night. You can get that either plain or stuffed with that fabulous crab imperial. All right, 410-477-1975. If you do want crabs either shipped or you want to eat them live down there at the Costas Inn, not live, eat them in person, you got to call up and reserve your crabs at Costas Inn. We're back with Kevin McElpin of the Braves Radio Network after these words. Check out Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. They're known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes. And their nightly specials also include crab cake night on Monday, rib night on Tuesday, steak night on Wednesdays with a half-price bottle of wine, and lobster night on Thursdays. Check out CostasInn.com to find out more. And the delicious crab cakes are shipped anywhere. KZ, Ken Zales here. I'm back, and I am fulfilling all of your fantasies. Well, your fantasy football fantasies, anyway. I'm with you for the Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday at 11.30 a.m. to help you set your lineups for all your fantasy matchups. Watch at Facebook.com slash Sports. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. It's all brought to you by Wise Markets and Glory Days Grill. Join us for the Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday morning at 11.30 a.m. Respect. It's more than a word. In the 
the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values, earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Ravens and Caps season with all of the games on dozens of TVs. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wing Ding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week. Join Sliders for the away Ravens games as well as the home game parties featuring Fancy Clancy Pilsner as well as game day food and drink specials. Find out about all of the parties and specials at slidersbaltimore.com. Sliders, one of Baltimore's original continuously operating bars. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Greg Swatek dives into the 100th edition of a Baltimore tradition, the annual Turkey Bowl game between Loyola and Calvert Hall. Plus, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens linebacker Josh Bynes, who returned midway through the season after being entirely out of football and immediately helped fortify the Ravens' defense. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Glenn Clark and Kyle Ottenheimer here from Glenn Clark Radio. Kyle, you know, I'm regularly asked by folks about how we get so many great guests on our show. Well, I, I work really hard to get some of the biggest names on with us. I know you do, and the world recognizes it, but I want to challenge you to try to get some even bigger guests on the show moving forward. Okay, who do you have in mind? Well, nothing crazy. Like, what about Tim Tebow? Uh, or, or how about Leonardo DiCaprio or, or Lady Gaga, maybe Barack Obama? Uh, you know what? I'll settle for Wilt Chamberlain. Well, I think he died. What? Yeah, like 20 years ago. So that's a maybe? Maybe Java Chamberlain. Glenn Clark Radio, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio and Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. No one wants to talk to Java Chamberlain. Back with the uh, the bat around, right? And we are broadcasting from the live casino hotel studio uh, on this Saturday morning, and uh, we're talking uh, in just a moment. With uh, I'll let Craig Heist introduce him because right. he's Craig's friend. Well, he is a good and friend he's been of mine. A good addition to our show, and he helps me out quite a bit during the course of the baseball season when I'm doing other duties. Right, and uh, I can't get down to the Braves clubhouse. Uh, Kevin is. Always happy to help me out, and uh, we'll bring him in right now. He does the pre- and the post-game shows on Braves Radio Network. He is Kevin McAlpin. Kevin, how are you? Merry Christmas. And I, I know you and the young the young one is getting ready for a big holiday. <laughs> you know, we're, we're taking a break from hitting ground balls out in the streets <laughs> right now. You know, they said it was a whole off-season, and that, that can never be more true for me and my four-and-a-half-year-old. Well, so, now, let, doing, let me, doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Let me <laughs> ask you this. Now, uh, you know, I, I watch you on Facebook a lot and see a lot of your posts. Uh, congrats on the uh, na- house of the of the week in the neighborhood there with the Christmas lights. Hey, Craig, don't sell me short. It's yard of the month. Now. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Yard of the month. And that, that <laughs> extends into January because it came in the middle of December. So, I, I honestly... 
I'm about to put Christmas lights on the Yard of the Month sign and make it as obnoxious as possible. There you go. <laughs> well, speaking of starting early, your team, the Atlanta Braves, you see what I did there with that segue yeah, into that? He's, he's great They started that. really early, too. Uh, they've had a very ambitious offseason to date. Are they finished? No, they, they can't be. I mean, first and foremost, it has been a busy offseason, and, and I think they've done a really nice job of adding key pieces. That was a big weakness last year. Uh, and down the stretch, it was much better uh, because they went out and they got Mark Melanson and Chris Martin and Shane Green. Uh, hey, so Kevin, Kevin, I'm, like, Kevin, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Is it possible you could move somewhere else in your house or wherever you are? We're getting sure, cut uh, off. We're getting cut off on a lot of what you're saying. Let's try. Is this better? It's better so far. <laughs> much sorry better. about that. Much better. Much better. Sorry about that, guys. That's okay. But, no, but the bullpen went from really – an area of, of big-time weakness to uh, an area of strength. Uh, and it's an area that they knew, they knew they needed to get better at. And it's an area that they, they did that at the trade deadline last year with Melanson and Green and, and Martin. They bring back you know they bring back Martin. They sign uh, Will Smith, which I think is a huge addition for them. Um, and so they're not done. They need to address third base because they're not going into the season with Johan Camargo as their third baseman. They're, they're trying to bring back Josh Donaldson. It's not going to be easy because there's anywhere from 10 to 12 teams that are interested uh, in J.D. coming off the season he had last year. But uh, they do have some areas they want to fill. I think corner outfield as well. But, you know, they, they bring in Travis Darno. They got a veteran catcher to pair with Tyler Flowers. So they have been very busy early, but they still have work to be done. Now, they bring in Cole Hamels the other day, but I want to address one other guy you didn't mention. We know it was a salary dump by the Orioles. But they must have liked what they saw from Darren O'Day the last month of the season or six weeks of the season because they ended up giving him, what, like $2.25 million for another year. They did, and, and he was really good. I mean, look, he, he, you guys were, were probably around him a whole lot more than we have been, but uh, a good guy to have in the clubhouse. And when he was hurt, uh, he was still going out and watching guys throw bullpens. He was watching uh, side sessions. He was watching, you know, and kind of analyzing and, and almost being an extension of the coaching staff. So when he was back, he looked really good. His stuff was back where it was uh, when he was an all-star a few years ago. So, yeah, it's a pretty affordable option there and a little more than $2 million to bring a guy like that back. Well. Hey, Kevin, one of the things the Orioles just did in the last couple of days was hire Freddie Gonzalez to this coaching staff. And I know you know yep. Freddie real well. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think he's a great guy. And obviously he was the third base coach down in Miami the last few years. But uh, what are the Orioles getting with, Ke- uh, with with Freddie Gonzalez as part of this coaching staff? Well, that's the thing. He's a great guy. And, uh, you know, whether it's uh, been in Miami or here in Atlanta. Hey, Kevin, let me back. interrupt you for one second. Craig Heist is a great guy. I wouldn't want him coaching my team, though. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you this. He has the pedigree of being around Bobby Cox for a long time. Yeah. And I say the same thing about Brian Snicker as well, uh, that those guys learn so much from being around a Hall of Fame manager. Uh, you can't underestimate the importance of that. So, uh, you know, Freddie's a hard worker. He's a good game planner. He's good with young players. He, you know, he gets them out there to work. Um, and I expect the same in Baltimore. Obviously, they have a team that's you know, in transition, a lot of young players as well. Um, so, you know, look, I, I think the fact that he's been around you know, a Hall of Fame manager and Bobby Cox, uh, that, that to me is probably bigger than anything else uh, that he's been able to take away from his time in the big leagues. In terms of uh, what you guys have done as far as the moves, how do you think that shapes this club, at least for now? And as you said, they've got more to do. Uh, but, but looking toward next year, 
knowing that, you know, the Nationals certainly have to put mm-hmm. their club together because there's certainly some big free agents out there uh, that they have the potential to lose. Uh, but here's a team that won the World Series. And, you know, I give you all the kudos in the world because our conversations throughout the year, even when the Braves were in first place, all he the, was always pretty honest he, about he their was, flaws. He, well, no, he was pretty honest okay. about not just their flaws, but he always said the Nationals were his pick to yeah. win the World Series. And uh, lo and behold, as it turned out, that's the way it ended up, Kev. I got one right finally, guys. It's taken me a long time to do that. Let me tell you how bad my predictions have been over the years. And this is the, the honest truth to you guys. A couple of years ago, I went bold. I believe it was 2017. I said the Tigers are going to play the Giants in the World Series. Go back and look at the 2018 draft. They had the number one and number two pick, respectively. That's really, really hard to do to be that far off in it. But, you know, look, I think the, I think the Braves feel like they've gotten better. Uh, certainly the Nationals have some concerns with Rendon and Strasburg. I, I think one of the two are back. I don't think both are. Um, I don't think both are gone either. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, the, the Braves certainly are keeping an eye on the Phillies and, and the, the Mets as well, uh, two teams that, you know, they have money to spend. The Phillies went out last year and get Bryce Harper. They get J.T. Ruelito and Gene Segura and Andrew McCutcheon. Um, you know, they that's going to be a tough team. Now they have Zach Wheeler in their rotation. Yeah. So uh, I think they feel like they've gotten better. Um, and I would say the same if we had this conversation last year because folks are saying, well, they got Josh Donaldson, they got Brian McCann. Are those two moves really that important? Well, guess what, guys? They won 97 games this year, and, and obviously they did get better from a year ago. So did they get better enough to win the division a third straight year? I, I think once the base is figured out and if they decide to add another starter, I'll probably have a better idea and, and be able to, to explain that a little bit better because there are some question marks. I mean, look. Josh Donaldson, you guys saw it, was huge behind Freddie Freeman. If they don't, if they're not able to bring him back, they need to find a power hitter that can hit behind Freddie Freeman. They can hit thirty homers a year. Now, whether that's Nicholas Castellanos, whether that's a star, you know, a Starling Marte, whether that's a Marcelo Zuna, uh, those are all names that are very intriguing. The other one I'll give you guys is Chris Bryant. You know, if the Cubs yeah. decide to blow that up and, and move on and, and retool, Chris Bryant could become available. And believe me, Freddie Freeman would love to have a bat like Chris Bryant hitting behind him. If the the Nationals lose Rendon, the first person that you think about is Josh Donaldson. If that happens, what are the Nationals getting? Because we know he had to come back year last year, and he was very good for that team, but there has been injury issues in the past. Very intense competitor, a guy who hates to lose, and he's just a little bit different. And I know, Craig, you were in our clubhouse a few times, uh, I'm sure you saw Josh in action, but a really, really good guy. Uh, and yeah. he was a really hard worker from, from day one of spring training, guys. I mean, he takes batting practice seriously. He takes the work he puts in. And I think the one thing the Braves did a good job of last year, guys, in spring training, they didn't really turn him loose right away. They sort of dialed it back a little bit. And in years past, Josh had a tendency, you know, there's no 70% with Josh Donaldson. He's 100% all the time. So they wanted to protect him basically from himself so he wouldn't re-aggravate the cap, so he wouldn't have the shoulder pop back. And, and they kept him on the field. He played 155 games. So I think that was a smart thing to do. But if the, if the Braves lose Josh and he goes to the Nationals, uh, believe me, he will become a fan favorite in the nation's capital very, very quickly. We're talking with Kevin McAlpin from the Braves Radio Network. Kevin, I want to go back to to one player you, you sort of rushed through, and that's Chris Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh 
I'm a fantasy baseball player, and I've got to be honest with you, I'd probably heard of Chris Martin. Not a very I, good one, though. But I'm watching him pitch against the Orioles. I take I take exception to that, Craig. <laughs> or, or do I resemble that? Yeah, uh, that's right. I watched him pitch against the Orioles, and I went out the next day and got him for a dollar in our free agent thing. And I, I love what he brings to the table. This is a guy who had made $511,000 in 2015, $1.75 million in 18, $2.25 in, um, in 19 from the Rangers. And the Rangers traded a really good prospect for him, Colby Allard, and now have signed him to a two-year, $14 million deal. He's already 33 years of age. They must really love what they saw from him in his 17 innings with the Braves. They do. And believe me, his presence was missed in the playoffs. When he came out in game one and threw a couple of warm-up pitches and felt something in his oblique, the Braves' bullpen was really you know, sort of thrown up in the air when they lost right. him in the playoffs. That was a big loss and probably an under-the-radar loss when all was said and done. But, I mean, that was a big piece of their pen. But a really interesting story. First and foremost, guys, he's a strike thrower. I think he only walked... And this is off the top of my head, and we're in December, so I may be, may, I may be stretching this a little bit. But I'm, I, I want to say between Texas and Atlanta, he walked like eight batters all last year. So he's going to throw strikes. He's around the zone. He's not giving up walks late. Because how, about, how about five batters in 40, 55 and two-thirds innings? He walked five there you batters. Go. Well, yep. my apologies to Chris Martin for all giving right. him three extra, <laughs> three, three extra walks there. But that, that's, that, there, there's my point. He's a strike thrower. And, and, you know, the the Braves bullpen in the first half of the season, it was ball one, ball two in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning where they were just falling behind. They were getting in hitters' counts. They were getting themselves in big trouble. So they bring him in, and he's a really interesting story, guys. This is a guy that in high school uh, had a shoulder injury, and it actually derailed his career. Uh, He came back a couple of years later after doing some odd jobs, working in warehouses, moving uh, furniture for Lowe's and Home Depot and working in, you know, 100-degree warehouses in, in, uh, in Texas, goes overseas, goes to, goes to Asia for a couple of years to play, comes back. Uh, he's a really, really interesting guy. And, and again, you know, when you go through all of that, believe me, he appreciates this opportunity even more, uh, given, you know, how long of a road it was for him to come back to. So they like him. They like him a lot. And uh, he'll be a big piece of the pen, probably, you know, as your seventh-inning guy going into the new season. Well, we, we know some of the free agents that are certainly out there. We talk about Rendon and Strasburg and Cole. And uh, where do you think some of these guys are gonna are gonna wind up, Kev? You know, it's it's hard to say. You know, I've, I've always been a believer. If the Yankees want somebody, they're gonna get him. Now, does that mean it's Steven Strasburg? Does it mean it's Garrett Cole? We'll see. I think they'll get one of those two guys. Rendon's a really interesting one too, because look. You know, this time last year, the Nationals, now I'm not going to say they, they were okay with letting Bryce Harper go, uh, but they had four outfielders at the time. They don't have another Anthony Rendon. They don't have another guy you can plug in at third base. And I'm not just talking about his offense. I mean, that guy plays the heck out of third base as well. Uh, so, you know, I think Rendon or Strasburg goes back to D.C. Uh, I do think that there's a chance that the Yankees are going to really make a strong push for, for Strasburg. I believe they sent some of their top brass out to, to Southern California a couple of days ahead of the winter meetings to try to, you know, persuade him even more. Um, you know, I, I just, I'll put it this way. There are Braves fans that are hoping and praying that if Josh Donald is not back here in Atlanta, he doesn't end up in D.C. because he's the kind of guy that would just crush him every opportunity uh, that, that, uh, that he gets against him. So uh, I just I feel like one of those big-time free agents is going to, to the Yankees. 
And I think you know the, the Angels may have a chance of getting one, whether it's a Garrett Cole, whether it's a Steven Strasburg. I think they're they're primed to add a big time pitcher as well. Uh, we're talking with Kevin McAlpin. Kevin, uh, the Cole Hamels signing this year. I guess if you look at what they gave Keuchel when he be- became a free agent with no uh, compensation attached to him, uh, I guess they feel that that's sort of the same contract that they're giving Hamels this year. 18 for a full year. I think yep. Keiko got 13 for all but uh, two months of the season last year. Exactly. And hard to believe, guys. When you think of all the big-time pitchers that have come through Atlanta, Cole Hamels gets the biggest deal, uh, the biggest one-year deal in franchise history of hmm. over $18 million for him to come in. But, look, this is a guy that's been a World Series MVP. You look at his numbers last year before the, uh, the injury for his oblique, he was pitching really, really well. Uh, for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, they've seen a lot of them over the years uh, facing him in Philadelphia. Uh, Cole is actually, uh, you know, obviously he wasn't able to talk to any current players while he was a free agent, but he did talk to an old buddy of his, Ryan Howard, who, of course, uh, he was a big part of the Phillies and what they did there, uh, 07 through, you know, 2012, basically. Uh, Ryan Howard is actually neighbors with Freddie Freeman down here in the Atlanta area. Okay. So, uh, Freddie, uh, Freddie, uh, Ryan had some good things to say that Freddie told him about the Braves and what he could do here. But, you know, he'll be a veteran leader. He'll be a guy that Mike Soroka and Max Freed and some of these other guys can look up to. It is only a one-year deal, so if it doesn't work out, you cut your losses, you move on when all said and done. It also doesn't block any of your big-time prospects. And the Braves had some really good young arms at AAA that are knocking on the door being big league ready. This is not blocking any of those guys. And also, the bigger benefit of this whole thing is Cole Hamels has never been given a qualifying offer. So, at right. the end of 2020, you give him the qualifying offer, potentially bringing him back for one more year. If he leaves, you get a draft pick out of it. So, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot to really like about that move. Does his signing, though, take you out of the Bumgarner, any other free agent, big-name pitchers? I, Alex Anthopoulos was asked about that. and He said, look, if there's somebody we want, whether it's right-handed or left-handed, if we think they can help us, we're going to go out and get them. I think, though, guys, more realistic this offseason would be the Braves going out and trading for, for somebody. Uh, they, they could go in the Bumgarner, but then now you're looking at a rotation with three lefties and potentially four if Sean Newcomb got back in the rotation. So I don't know that that's ideal. But I think that you know the Braves have the currency. They've got a lot of good young players, whether it's an Austin Riley or whether it's a Johan Camargo or whether it's two of the, the high-rising outfielders at AAA and Christian Pache and Drew Waters. They've got a lot of young pitching prospects. I think they've got a lot that a team that has a solid, you know, middle of the rotation starter would like. So I think that, you know, they've held on to these prospects for a number of years. I've felt all along this is the offseason. They pull the plug. They make a move. So, look, they, they're not out of Bumgarner at all. And Alex has said, look, we would go with three lefties if we felt mm-hmm. those were our best three. Uh, but I think adding another veteran righty would probably be the most likely scenario, and I think that would happen via trade. Got to ask you about a trade rumor I read probably a month ago now. I haven't heard a word about it since. But would Densby Swanson and a couple prospects, including another young pitcher, to the Indians for Francisco Lindor be something that Alex Anthropoulos could pull off? I think he could. And Lindor would certainly be a home run, no pun intended. Uh, for this lineup, I mean, defensively, he's one of the best we've seen, uh, you know, this this decade to go out there and play shortstop. Uh, but yeah, look, I think anything's on the table right now, other than Freddie Freeman. Like Fred, Freddie Freeman is the only guy that I think 
uh, can already uh, you know send his equipment down to uh, to, to, to you know Southwest Florida and feel comfortable that uh, he'll, he'll be here come the start of the season. But I, anything on the table, and they, they said, look, we we like what we have, but if there's something that can make us better, uh, we're gonna we're gonna explore any and uh, any and every option. You know, they were they were linked to to, uh, to Kluber last year, and obviously that never fell through. Uh, who knows? Maybe they try to explore an even bigger blockbuster and and try to get a a Kluber Lindor. I mean, that would be. That would be something else. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think anything's on the table right now for the Braves. Kevin, he is still a fan favorite uh, here in Baltimore, and uh, a lot of fans are certainly still upset that he left Baltimore. Uh, but what's it mean to have Nick Marcakis coming back? Yeah, it means a lot, and I'll tell you this much. Uh, it means a lot to Cole Hamels. Cole said, look, I competed against this guy for a long time. And to see Nick want to come back two years in a row – obviously shows me that he sees something really good with this group that he wants to come back and be a part of it but i mean just the ultimate you know team leader uh his role will probably be reduced this year uh, they talked him about basically being you know a platoon guy and look for him in left field we saw yeah. at the end of last season uh i do expect to see acuna move to right field in 2020 with a with uh, marcakis in left and then a, a platoon with you know whether it's somebody they acquire or whether it's you know adam duval who they have in-house who, who was just tearing it up last year at Triple A. Um, I do think that uh, you know it says a lot about Nick's character. He wants to be a winner, and you know I, I put these numbers together, Craig. I don't know if I showed this to you last year when we were in DC, but I factored if Nick Marquez can play till he's forty, and he can average about a hundred and fifty hits a year, and we know he can do that because yeah. this guy takes really really good care of himself. Given that, that gets him to three thousand hits. Yeah, that would it... probably be the quietest three thousand hits of all time. No question uh, about it. And, 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 if he's getting the 3,000 hits, regardless, you're talking about a guy who gets a little bit of consideration for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I think if he gets 2,800, he should. I mean, yeah. he's, he's got the longevity. He's got the, you know, look, you look at everything he's accomplished. Um, it took him forever to get to an all-star game, but he finally enjoyed that in, 20, uh, in 2018, which was a great milestone for him. So, yeah, I mean, look, if he's able to stay healthy, and, you know, when you saw it last year when he, when he fractured his wrist, I mean, he came back in like five and a half weeks. I mean, he beat all the timelines yeah. of six to eight weeks. Um, he takes tremendous care of himself. Now, look, again, he's going to be 30, what, 36. So the playing time is going to start decreasing. So maybe that 150 is a little ambitious on my part. But, hey, who knows? Maybe, maybe he ends up in an American League team for the final couple of years of his career. But, I mean, look, he, he's got a shot at it. And, again, that would probably be the quietest 3,000 of all time. I'll tell you one thing about him. There aren't many players. I, I honestly, the only other player I remember having the same surgery he had, the cervical fusion, because I had cervical fusion in 13. Not that I was a baseball player. I'm a fantasy baseball player. <laughs> Not a very good one. Right, Craig? Yeah, he didn't come uh, no, back but, the but same but way. <laughs> but, seriously, but seriously, coming back from a cervical fusion – I can't think of another major league player that's come back and and been as good as Nick Markakis. Hey, has and been. you know, here's the other thing. You know, Sabathia hits him, yeah, while he's here and broke and, his hand, and broke his hand, and he misses the playoffs that particular year. So it wasn't until '14 that he got to that play. he got to play in the postseason. Yeah, yeah. right, right. All right. And look, I, I think Brian Snicker says it best, guys, and you'll probably agree. He's a boring pro. He's not a flashy player. But you know what? He's just the same guy day in and day out. He's a really good leader to have when you have a Ronald Acuna Jr., when you have some of these other young 20, 21, 22-year-old outfielders that are knocking on the door of being big league ready. Look across the clubhouse. Look at a guy like Nick. See how he keeps himself ready and see why he's been so successful for all these years. It, it's just there's a lot to like about him coming back. Has, has he gotten any new tattoos since he's been in Atlanta? <laughs> 
That's a good question. I have seen him smile a few times, so I, I don't know about the tattoos, but I have seen him crack a few smiles here lately. So, All right. you know, maybe maybe he's, uh, you know, he, he just wanted to hold from us for five years until he actually showed us a little personality. Kevin, many <laughs> thanks for joining us and uh, keeping us up uh, to date on the team that's been the most active, along with the Padres, two most active teams in baseball. Thanks very much. You got it, guys. Thanks. Happy holidays. All, All right. right. Hey, the latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Greg Swatek digs into the recently played 100th edition of a Baltimore tradition, the annual Turkey Bowl between Loyola and Calvert Hall. Plus, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens linebacker Josh Bynes, who returned midway through the year after being entirely out of football and immediately helped fortify the Ravens' defense. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. And I've got a word for you about one of my favorite sponsors, the Glen Burnie Transmission Located right in the heart of Glen Burnie for almost 60 years, if you suspect you're having a transmission problem, GBT can save you thousands over what the dealers will charge for a repair. Make an appointment for a free diagnostic and estimate. Call GBT at 855-728-1841. Their mission is simple, to provide an excellent service at a reasonable price. Go to their website at gbt Online.com to check out all the five-star reviews. Let my friend Mark Schwartzman and his GBT team take the troubles out of transmission troubles. Call them today at 855-728-1841. Pizza Blitz, the favorite pizza place of offensive lineman Bradley Bozeman and his wife Nikki, invites you to try all of their Italian specialties. Pizza Blitz makes their entire menu with classic Italian family recipes. The dough and everything else is made fresh every day. Pizza Blitz, located in Quarry Lake, is the perfect family stop for great pizza as well as incredible wings, subs, and salads. You can even BYOB. Pizza Blitz is located at 2622 Quarry Lake Drive, just inside the Beltway. See the full menu at pizzablitzquarrylake.com. Press Box's Project Game Day is back as we'll be with you to react immediately during and after every Baltimore football game this season. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime with various guests joining him the moment the game wraps up, including the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Press Box's Ken Zalis, and Eric Arditi from Barstool Sports. Press Box's Project Game Day is made possible by great partners. Costa in Wise Markets, Glen Burnie Transmissions, Glory Days Grill, and the U.S. Army. Like Press Box on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sports And watch Project Game Day there every game day this season. Okay, I'm getting an Italian cold cut with oil and vinegar. Turkey and Swiss with extra mayo for me. And I want a ham and cheese with everything. Before we go to the game, we go to Royal Farms. It's not football without a Royal Farms sub. At Royal Farms, it's all fresh. And delicious. In this town, you don't tailgate with a hoagie. You tailgate with a Royal Farms sub and world-famous chicken. Royal Farms. Real fresh. Real fast. Real Baltimore. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Greg Swatek dives into the 100th edition of a Baltimore tradition, the annual Turkey Bowl game between Loyola and Calvert Hall. Plus, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens linebacker Josh Bynes, who returned midway through the season after being entirely out of football and immediately helped fortify the Ravens' defense. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square offers a better way to tailgate with football and nuggets. You can now pick up a 30-count Chick-fil-A nugget in a football-shaped container, and if it would be helpful, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square can half-cook it, leaving you the opportunity to heat it the rest of the way just in time for your party. And now Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square offers their three-cheese mac and cheese. Cheddar, Parmesan, and Romano combine in this classic side, baked fresh in the restaurant. Download the Chick-fil-A app, place your order, and pile up Chick-fil-A bonus points good for free food chick-fil-a nottingham square 5198 campbell boulevard call steve if you'd like your party catered by chick-fil-a 410-931-0031 chick-fil-a nottingham square respect it's more than a word in the u.s army it is one of our core values earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad on the army team respect is earned daily and now in addition to earning respect you may earn up to forty thousand dollars in bonus if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com slash bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. All right, we are back for a final word or two on today's program. Uh, Terps play today at, at 5. 5 o'clock against at, Illinois. At Xfinity, Xfinity you there? Center? Yes. Okay. You expect a win? Uh, I do. Okay. What do you like about what you're seeing? Well, I think, you know, like I said before, this this team goes 10 deep. I think uh, Turgeon and the coaching staff are really putting together something pretty special down there. Uh, you, know, you know, when you can win a game like they won the other night against Notre Dame, when Anthony Cowan scores nine points, and uh, everybody else, uh, I mean, Sticks was just unbelievable in that game. Uh, 15.16 rebounds. Uh, it, it, it bodes very well. Uh, you'd, you'd maybe not to like to see as many slow starts, but, uh, uh, again, in that game against Notre Dame, they started out uh, 0 for 10 from three-point range, but then got it together, and uh, they pretty much cruised from there on out. Once they got the lead. So 5 o'clock out at Xfinity. Right, and they're 9-0 and for the first time to start a season since the 98-99 uh, season. So 20 years. Uh, and, you know, it looks like uh, the number three ranking. I'm still not convinced it's that good, but they're getting better each time out. Don Marcus wrote a really interesting <laughs> I saw piece some I of read that, about yeah. the coaching staff. And, and I made the... Um, observation. Look, I've watched Turgeon for seven years. Look, I'm going to be totally blunt with you. You know, by the time Gary won the national championship, I'd cease to believe he would ever win a national championship. I feel that Turgeon has sort of got built up that same thing like, yeah, he's okay, but he's never going to win. I think he really needed to make some of the additions he did to this coaching staff, and I think this guy that they got from Michigan has really made a difference. I think so, too, and, uh, you know, part of that with Mark is, you know, maybe you 
sit back and, and evaluate and you look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know, maybe I need a little bit of a different perspective and, you know, some help. And uh, he's been able to get that uh, so far. We'll see how it goes. But right now, this is a team that's uh, uh, pretty talented. They like to get up and down the floor. Uh, but as we saw in the Notre Dame game, the biggest thing for me defensively for uh, the entire time in that game, they were very good. Stan, that was as good a defensive performance as I've seen from a Maryland team in a long time. All right, uh, Kyle. What uh, do we have to look forward to in this week's Glenn Clark? Uh, I'm Glenn Clark Radio Show. Ravens, Ravens, Ravens. Obviously, it'll be a short week with the Thursday turnaround against the Jets. So there will be a reaction Monday, and then right after that, we'll get into talking about New York. I'm sure we'll talk to a. <laughs> Host of good guests pertaining you know, to both teams as it, we lead up. It's funny because everybody wants to say, you know, can they run the table the rest of the way and that kind of thing. And then there are those factions of people that say, well, I'd like to see them lose one game before the sure. postseason. You know, does it happen this week? I mean, here. I mean, it, the Bills are definitely a contender right there, 9 yeah. and 3 for a reason. And but. here's the other interesting thing about that if the Bills win, the Ravens lose. They have the same record. Yep. But that would give the Bills the tiebreaker over the Ravens. But New England has a tiebreaker. But over the New England New, New England has a tiebreaker over Buffalo. But it, it look, I'm the Ravens have played so well. It's interesting. Last week before the 49ers, I felt the same as I do right now. That yeah. other team might be good, but I like the Ravens' chances any well, given Sunday. Well, I do too. And you know, we we always are saying what team is going to figure out a way to defense Lamar in this offense. And I thought the 49ers in the second half probably had as good a plan as anybody had well, this year. The weather year. certainly helped them as well. Yeah. So it seems as though Buffalo-wise <laughs> it's going to be as, as good as you could hope for in December. So yeah. Ravens uh, should be My, know, Minus the win, but that would help the running game anyway. You know, it's interesting. I, you know what comes to my mind when I ta- hear people talk about uh, this team might have a plan to beat the Ravens and a plan to stop Lamar Jackson – it's very similar in my mind to what they used to say about Mike Tyson. Everybody's got a plan until they get smashed in the face. Well, then, now, well, now Lamar doesn't smash in the face, but everybody's got a plan how to stop him until they get on the field with him. And he, I'm not saying he's unstoppable. He's as unique a talent as I've ever seen. Somebody needs to just bite him in the ear. <laughs> that's, now you're talking. That's maybe you know, the smartest all- thing you've ever said. <laughs> It's tough to get through the helmet, though. Yeah, well, that's true. You need but, uh, like a buzzsaw. Yeah, buzz, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, listen, we appreciate you tuning in. It's not too late if you catch us on Facebook Live to like and share the program. Send it to all your friends. It adds uh, to our list of viewers. All right? Have a great weekend ahead. Glenn Clark tomorrow at halftime of the Ravens-Bills game around 2.15, 2.20. He's on for about 10, 12 minutes then back after the game with a special guest co-host. That's it. Have a great weekend.